Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. You can find us online, PR927FM.com, and watch the show eventually on facebook live and youtube we are getting that corrected at the moment so we'll be on facebook and youtube shortly and you can chime in to the program there we got a lot to get to on today's program we're going to talk to double b brian bailey host of the brian bailey show had a great show with donnie kirkpatrick on monday if you missed it you can check it out on youtube facebook or download it um, where you get your podcast and uh, donnie kirkpatrick talked about what went right and what went wrong on saturday against nc state you can catch that but we'll talk some uh college football nfl high school football and more with brian bailey later on in today's program coming up at four o'clock jj mclam from ecu athletics will join us inside the pirate radio studios and uh, we will talk about some of the issues that took place saturday when it came to parking concessions seating everything in between i know a lot of pirate fans had some issues uh, with what went down at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, and uh, J.J. McLam will answer those questions coming up at 4 o'clock when he and Troy D. are here in the Pirate Radio studios. So got that coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll get a quick baseball update with Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com. Huge day yesterday for the O's, and it did not go their way. They had a doubleheader. They lost both. Could have got to a half game back in the wild card. Instead, they're four and a half back. We'll look at the rest of the way and see if the O's still have a chance to get to postseason baseball. Big one tonight against the Blue Jays right here on Pirate Radio. And at 5 o'clock, Bryce Williams joins us inside the Pirate Radio studios. We get his thoughts on Saturday's loss to North Carolina State and more. we got Mike Houston press conference comments to get to as well. We've got Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt, and uh, C.J. Schaefer here. Ellerby joins me to my left. I got big Willie Smith. What's up, guys? Sounds like you need to buy like another hour there, Clip Rock. Yeah, uh, busy lot, one today. A lot yeah, going on on a uh, action-packed uh, Tuesday here on Pirate Radio Live. Willie Smith, what did you think of uh, the performance of the Pirates on Saturday? Oh, man, I was uh, I was really impressed. You know, the, the Pirates came out and they, they played hard, um, came up short. Um, but there's a lot of coaching moments that's going to come from this game that's going to help the Pirates get better. What What are the one or two coaching moments that stands out to you? Um, well, number one, uh, got to establish the run. Um, you know, we didn't run the ball like we, we needed to. And then um, secondly, man, just make the throws, man. Uh, there were some throws there that was just, you know, overthrown and that led to picks that, you know, if we can get that right, man, things are going the right direction. On those two notes, Holden Aylers, we talked to him yesterday. He said, yeah, I made two really bad throws and they were picked off in the first half. Offense, especially, you know, passing game looked better in the second half. Willie, we will run the football better. One of the main reasons for that is we don't play NC State again. I, I think their D-line is, is legit and I think you're going to see the running numbers better this week. They're going to look really good against Campbell in two weeks, and then we'll see once we get into conference play how they fare. But, 
Yeah, it was uh, it was tough sledding for Rajay and Keaton. Rajay had a seven yard run, and I remember he got up and started pumping his fist like <laughs> right. he finally had some daylight. Right. Keaton had one big run, kind of getting out of the his, the Pirates' own end zone yep. where he made a man miss, and that was about it out of all their carries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, man, that that D line for the and uh, for NC State was very stout, man, and um, that's where the scheming comes in and getting the guys on the outside. But it seemed like they was just it was right there every play. A lot of people I were sitting with. Uh, uh, such a weapon, Keaton. Um, you know, Keaton is. Uh, is. Is there a way you think that a swing pass to him w- would help the offense, or or anything, or is it just that it's really from an offensive line standpoint? What can they do to get the ball in his hands more? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. And you know, getting him out on the outside like that with a swing pass uh, could work. Or you know, since we was doing so much passing, uh, some draw plays might might have worked as well to get him going. And um, yeah, it's always good to get your your running backs in the game early and get them motivated and but you know the o-line got to do their part as well though your two coaching moment tips were basically offensive uh is there anything defensively you think the pirates need to improve on man i gotta be honest that that defense looked good man you know reminded me back when i was playing and and seeing our, our guys out there man um they played hard they got after it um, you know, if they did give up a play, man, everybody was right there, you know, running to the ball, and that's what you want to see on defense. The Pirates gave up two or three third and longs, and <clears throat> I went and looked at the stats later in the game and said, man, we're struggling on third down. They, NC State was four of 13, so ECU was really good on third downs. Yeah, yeah. You just kind of remember those because they're right. bigger plays. Right. Outside of that, I don't know what else you could really – critique the defense on i'm sure there's things here and there giving up that score before half that was tough but man to shut them out in the second half i mean willie those goal line stands we asked uh, how much they they practice those at practice and and that had to be tough back in your day taking on those awesome d linemen east you had but right uh man to see the pirates bow up like that, that that was inspiring football yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that tells you a lot about the the mindset of this defense, man. That's a, a bend-but-don't-break mentality. You know, they got all the way down the field, but they said, you know what, we're not letting these guys in. And, you know, they, they showed up, man. That's that was the play to get them down to the one. Their running back, the sumo dude, broke about 10 tackles. <laughs> and there's something you can get on the defense. But right, I bet Blake right. Carroll was looking at that play because our guys just kept sliding off of them. Right. But like you said, bend, don't break. Uh, right. They were not getting another inch, and, and they didn't. So. Special yeah. teams mistakes were, were obvious. So were there anything that you saw that was uh, a big breakdown on, on the punt and then the two missed kicks? Um, well, on the punt, I, I don't really remember um, what happened blocking-wise. All I know is it was blocked and then they scored, which is the worst possible scenario you can get. Uh, so obviously we got to tighten that up on special teams play. And um, and as far as the, the field goal, I mean, from what I saw on the miss, it just seems like he just missed the kick, man. You know, the, the protection seems solid. Um, so he just got to, you know, get his mind right and, and focus, you know, this week coming up. As a teammate, have you ever had that moment with a quarterback or even like a, another player that's fumbled the ball or had a moment that feels like where like he kind of he didn't lose the game, but it kind of feels like all the eyeballs are on him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think back to the Liberty Bowl, man, where Ben Hartman missed all those field goals, and you know, it was a game that we should have won. And you know, looking back, it's like, dang, man, like you know, you work hard, you you give it everything you have, and then you come up short because of you know the kicker didn't get the job done, and you know, it it, it sucks, but you know, it's part of football, man. I saw during a break on the fifth quarter Saturday night, I walked outside, and ri- riding through the UB parking lot was Dakota Marshall. And he's like, Clip, man, that was a tough one, man. You know, country boy, Dakota. And right. uh, 
I, I we just kind of we didn't know what to say and i said dakota did you play uh with ben hartman were you on those teams he was like yep and then we just kind of like nodded at each other and he drove off like, we had, like kickers man it happens yeah, but yeah. uh but people remember that liberty bowl but ben hartman also had the game winner against uh, unc just like owen and, daffer had the game winner against navy yeah, i mean right. there's good and bad there's give and take it wasn't hartman the winner in the uh, hawaii, hawaii bowl, bowl hawaii bowl and the unc game so i mean two uh, huge wins two yeah and then obviously i mean i, I, right, I, I right. actually kind of blocked out that liberty bowl so you, <laughs> i think i was so frozen that day right 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 but uh yeah definitely definitely happened happens yeah and they're talking about now all the, the guys we talked to yesterday on the delcor players lounge how they're rallying around them like the, that one kick doesn't define you they're they're saying all the right things and right so what you got to do you got to have everybody's back in this time right will yeah yeah i mean especially early in the season man you can't let something like this get you down um and with kickers man it's all mindset it's all mental for them they they sitting around the whole game and then <laughs> you finally get thrown out there i would hate to be a kicker really would really that that's the last position you'd want to be last position you're man. on an island and you're right you're kind of freezing over there on the sideline all day well and there'll right. be a lot of and then they're like hey go make the biggest play of the game for us thanks kid yeah. <laughs> right. right and then uh there'll be a lot of eyes on him when he comes back on this week to either yeah. get an extra point or field goal and uh, we'll see how he responds yeah I, I imagine during practice this week they're going to be putting him in some some different situations rushing him out there just kind of get him off guard and just see how he kicks you know he, he'll be ready i'm sure he will you played in some uh in front of some great crowds really during your time here and of course in the nfl but how about sitting in the stands on saturday what was it like to be in that atmosphere yeah man that that was very exciting man it was it was electric out there man you know it was it was jumping out there everybody was hype you know the, the guys were standing up and you know times passed you know people start to leave when things start to go bad but it was almost like a feeling of hey man we can get it done like it, it was a belief in the pirates that they was going to win this game man and i i felt that in the stands yeah i felt the same thing it, it was there there was an energy level that uh you know no one was giving up Really, right. I, I think everybody was kind of hanging around, waiting for something to happen, and the, and right. the Pirates made some things happen right. in that fourth quarter to put them in a great position to uh, be victorious. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But uh, right. I, I think hats off to the team. I, I saw, I felt the energy level. I watched the sideline; it's kind of right there in front of me, and, I, and I, right. that's one of the fun things I like to watch during the game when when, when the units come off, right. like who's talking to who, yeah. if the coaches are getting in any faces, or if they're you know pulling people to the side. And right. uh, that was great. And, and the crowd was great too, because so they they were up on third down, you know, and just uh, lots of good stuff uh, all around. Except uh, obviously the outcome. Right, right, right. No, for sure. Willie, uh, I think it's a good thing that the next opponent's Old Dominion, and Old Dominion is coming off a huge win, like a a marquee win for their program. They beat Virginia Tech friday night they're dancing on the midfield logo while young jeezy's <laughs> right. playing and they're probably dancing sunday and fr- and yeah. monday so you just hope they're still partying right east carolina would have been prepared and ready i think for old dominion regardless but being that they won a big game like that it, it kind of catches your attention right you you're not gonna take them lightly anyway but now you're certainly not Right, right. No, you, you definitely go into a game like this, especially if, uh, after them coming off a huge win like that, man. You, you're going to be zoned in. You're going to be focused. Coaching staff and players alike because, hey, this team has proven that they can they can win big games, and you don't want them to come into your house and, and, and embarrass you. So everybody's going to be focused this week. Yeah, I, you, you got to 100% believe that East Carolina is absolutely 100% 
hungry to get a win this Saturday. Right. Especially it'll be a night game, and uh, hopefully things will be just as rowdy in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Absolutely. Started 0-2 last year, uh, and, and that second loss coming at home. Can't let that happen again uh, this season. Looking at the uh, polls, NC State is now 18 in the AP Top 25. They remain 13 in the coaches poll other teams on east carolina's schedule byu moves up to 21 in the ap poll they are 25 in the coaches poll and then you've got some conference uh opponents cincinnati drops out after they lose houston snug by utsa that was a bit a, a great win on the road triple overtime they're 25 in the ap and i guess they got punished for that because they are uh, outside of the coaches' poll. So just an update on what we have left as far as ranked teams on the schedule. Yeah, the polls. It's, it, I mean, it's just a, the two polls, too. That's just the AP, the coaches' poll. Of course, right. I mean, the baseball, we always follow Baseball America and D1 Baseball, but uh, we'll see. Well, I'll tell you what, if ECU won and we're receiving votes, we'd be talking a lot oh, about those polls. Oh, absolutely. I, I just I don't know... I think it said more about NC State on Saturday, too. I mean, I, I just don't – I mean, we'll see as, as the month of September plays out. Because I think, obviously, East Carolina proved that they're a lot better team right. this year than they were last year. And, I mean, NC State, if this was their best team ever – right. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of hard for me to put a finger on uh, how good the Wolfpack are and right. then uh, what, what the potential of this Pirate program is. And getting back to home games, Clip, um, I think that NC State game was one that the Pirate fans were probably not expecting to win. But uh, certainly the other six home games, if the Pirates want to have a really successful season, they're going to have to put up the W's in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Yeah. Got to steal a couple on the road and uh, and take care of home, and and something else that fluctuates like the polls is the hype on these individual players and these quarterbacks. The Devin Leary hype uh, has dropped. Yes, after Week One, um, I don't know if you guys watched the other games. The Florida quarterback was awesome on Saturday night against Utah and others, but like Devin Leary kind of took a little nosedive. I think he pretty good at times, not great. That interception. I mean, that should have cost him his team the game. And yes. that's a, a good, you know, a Heisman candidate quarterback doesn't make that play in the fourth quarter. How about this play? Uh, the fourth down for NC State going for it against East Carolina. For, I mean, I kind of, in a way, had I gave NC State a pretty high percentage to, to at least 50% to maybe get that play just because, right. I mean, they, they've been running the ball pretty good, but East Carolina that was obviously the play of the game for East Carolina that really kind of stood out. But uh, as an offensive lineman, what, I mean, when you're in that position, do you want your coach to kick it? Do you do you feel as a confident that you can push that ball and push that guy forward? What do you think? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. And as a player, you know, you go all the way down the field and you're right there on the goal line. You're telling the coach, hey, we can do this. You know, we, we're going to get in. We're going to move these guys. You you want the coach to go for it. Would you have gone for it there? Or would you have kicked it? I two if, I, if I was the coach, I would have kicked it. <laughs> well, kicked it would have put you up. Two scores. Two scores at the time. But it was. I think it was more like a – I don't know. I think it was an ego call. It, it, yeah, it that's was. that's what I was getting to. It yeah. definitely was. It was an ego call, and uh, and also East Carolina had struggled to move the ball. You put them first and ten at their own one yard line. It's really not the end of the world. Now it turned out East Carolina, you know, was able to move the ball and everything. But I think at that point it wasn't the the worst call at all to go for. It. wasn't the, wasn't the I think I think the smarter call would have been to kick the 
kick the points, kick t- the three points. But, right, right. No, but, that, that, that's the logical call. But like you said, man, that pride kick in. Man, who East <laughs> you think they are? <laughs> that's what it was. Amazing stop by the Pirate defense. The, and the play ends up at like the 25-yard line, Willie. You know, there, there's forward progress, obviously. But by the time the guy goes down, right. you got Pirates celebrating the midfield. I mean, yeah. what a scene that was. Yeah, no, nah, that was exciting. All right, uh, we are on Facebook Live and YouTube. Big Willie Smith hanging out. Medium-sized Ellerby here as well. Yes. I wish I could have used Big Willie Smith when I was going to the concession stands to part the sea for me to get up, get up front. Did you go to the concession stands at the yeah, game on Saturday? it was crazy. It was, it was a little nuts out there. So, J.J. McLam uh, will join Troy and I at 4 o'clock in the Pirate Radio studios to address all of the issues and concerns that folks had at the game on Saturday. Willie, I saw pictures of you at the game, so... Uh, uh, we talked about your actually watching the game experience. Did you have any issues there, concessions and otherwise, while you were there? Yeah, I mean the, the long lines trying to get up there to, to get something to uh, to drink. You know, I had my my big goat lemonade, <laughs> but that ran out. Man, it was hot. I was gulping <laughs> that down, and you know, got up there, man, and uh, you know, they just ran out of stuff. So yeah, had that issue. What were you really focused in uh, when you were watching the game from your seats? Is I mean, were you? I mean, was there anything in particular that you were really kind of uh, keying in on at playing and play out? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I guess just because I played O line and D line, I just naturally gravitate to that position. So I was watching the uh, the O line um, run block, and I, I was saying that we wouldn't get anything there, but I was very impressed with how they were. Um, pass protecting. They was, it seemed like they was picking up almost every blitz that came. If you're if you're grading out the offensive line, uh, if you were their coach today, what, what, what would you be? What would you uh, be feeling about that, that right now? Yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty confident as O line coach right now with just. Because when you think about pass protection, it's 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 the O line, but it's also the running backs. You know, the running backs got to be keyed in, and they they were picking up the blitzes as well. Um, and if I'm working on anything, I'm really working on getting my guys to move the guys off the line of scrimmage. And when you can't run the ball, it makes passing tough too, because guys know it's coming. And I guess from that perspective, I was kind of impressed with the way East Carolina was able to move the ball in the second half when NC State knew. They look, they can't run on us. They have to throw, and and Pirates were still able to throw the football. I yeah. think that says something about their passing game. No, absolutely. And and when you think about it, man, when you got a really stout D line, you know, you can't run the ball. You know, think about it. A quick little pass that picks up two, three yards. That's the same as a run that picked up two or three yards. So it's it's kind of the same thing. So if you can establish that, then that opens up the run later on in the game. And we did start to do that a little bit. One thing uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick said yesterday, he'd like it back is the fourth down call for East Carolina where it's fourth and fourth or whatever mm-hmm. and you've got everybody just running streaks down the field right. and he said at that time you needed somebody breaking over the middle do something different so right. that's a, a hindsight 2020 there but Donnie Kirkpatrick admitted that that's one that was on him on Saturday what's your favorite like first down play when you're when like as an offensive lineman what, what do you, how do you want to start a drive and uh, establish the offense offensive flow yeah, as an offensive lineman, man, you want it to be some kind of run, um, maybe a zone type play, so you can you can get the moving, you got the back moving, and you can get downfield. You know, that's that's what you want. You want a, a run play where we can pick up maybe four or five yards in the first play, because then you're not going to be in a third and long situation. You hope. Yeah, go ahead and uh, cut down the to second and four, second and five, and then uh, it opens up a lot of options of what you can do from there. Absolutely. I saw Georgia Tech last night taking on probably the toughest D-line in the country, uh, Clemson, 
and they go play action bomb the first play throw an interception and you kind of knew how that game was going <laughs> right. but they were like let's just go for it man what a, you know what do we got to lose that seems like a play i would do on xbox yeah. Yeah, just <laughs> and like... of course the quarterback got hit when he threw it so he underthrew it and wow. it was an easy punt interception basically uh chandler uh good job getting us online but i do have an issue we got a ton of people watching and we got one like what 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 should people do i mean this is this is outrageous chandler come on folks tell them what they need all to these do. people watch it. they need to smash the like button smash the like button and and not just that oh they smash the like they think they're done no, no sir not done smash the subscribe button as yeah. well on youtube like subscribe like uh smash the like you got to smash it, Ellery. It's it's a lot better when you're playing smash ma- smash ball here on fire. <laughs> smash mouth football? Yeah, Is that what yeah, you're looking for? Yeah, sorry. Right. Thank you for the help out. Good, good to have teammates here. Yeah. Smash mash. All right. Uh, week two, Willie. Uh, We've kind of talked about it, but East Carolina is is coming off the brutal loss. The old cliche, did it ever happen? Did you ever notice it? Don't let the same team beat you twice. Like We hear that one yeah. in football. What, what does that mean? How do you avoid that? Yeah, so, I mean, what that means is, you know, you, you just played a game and you lost. You know, don't carry that loss into next week, into next week practices. And if you keep thinking about, well, we could have did this better, we could have did that better. As, as a player, if you had a bad game, you keep thinking about how you give up that sack or, you know, how you did, you know, gave up the whatever it is. Forget about it, man. It's all about play the next play. You know, play the next play. Focus on what you can control, and that's your effort and your attitude. And if you take that into every practice, then when you show up at the game, you're going to be a, a whole lot better off. How do you recognize signals that, uh, you know, maybe Clips over there still holding on to that NC State loss on Wednesday at practice? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. do, you, do you ever I mean, have you ever seen people that you – I mean, how do you recognize it and how do you fix it? Well, I mean, you can recognize it by just – if you've been around these guys, you know, for five, six weeks at this point, and, you know, they just seem like they're they're not themselves, they're not, you know, going full tilt or they're dropping balls that they should be catching, you know, you see that their play isn't to the level that it should be, then that's the clear sign that, hey, they still thinking about last week. So, hey, let's, let's figure out how we can get this going in the right direction. I had the guys on the Players' Lounge Monday, and they are better than us and the fans at getting over it. And it's not the point that they don't care. They care as much more than we do. But they know that Old Dominion's coming here Saturday whether they're ready or not so right. they got to get ready they're and coming here with an extra day rest and a big win good point and and i, I do like the the mindset they're in we saw it last year I, and i was asking the guys when they started zero and two last year i remember sneed and, and rajay sitting in here and was like how do you guys like keep going i mean you're zero and two like and they're like hey this just motivates us more like we, we still got a lot a long season left and there's a lot ahead for this east carolina football team and, and uh kudos to the fans that caught in the fifth quarter lrb there was a lot of uh, very level-headed optimistic fans after that game because they saw how far mike houston's brought this program this team and uh, saw signs of, of what is to come this season. Well, I, I think that's basically the culture that Mike Houston has built here at East Carolina and has bled over into the fan base. You know, that, hey, look, they know that this program has night and day from where it was yeah. and that 
we expect to win games now. Right. I mean, I always say there's two things that, that East Carolina needs to be, fun and relevant. It needs to be fun at the tailgate, seeing your friends and family, and then relevant when they scan your ticket that you think a 1% or 100% chance your team's going to win that day. Right. And Mike Houston has made that happen. He put 50,000 people or 51,000 people at the game on Saturday, and I think everybody kind of has that in mind. All the stuff the players were saying, is, and I, I do agree, the fifth quarter was one of the best ones we've, we've ever had here, but I think it's it's because people are not doom and gloom anymore they're 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 seeing better football and they're expecting better football and um you know that you know they're fully going to be expecting a win this saturday yeah you lose this saturday all that's out the window (laughs) i don't know if you're i don't know how many optimistic calls you're going to be getting if the pirates uh, get blown out or lose another close one but uh i i feel like uh this is this is the rebound of rebound games right here where the pirates are expected to be one and one and then move on to Campbell the next week with obviously I think what you said I think that's the game where you're going to see a lot of players play and hopefully a, a, a lot of stats go up pretty high that day right Willie Smith joining us in the Pirate Radio Studios LRB here our pregame coverage begins two o'clock Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate we'll be with you after the game taking your calls we went I think about three hours on uh this past Saturday and two and a half hours the lines were locked the entire time so uh we appreciate you guys uh, making the show what it is and uh, it was a fantastic show this past uh saturday we'll do it again on saturday night willie it was good to see you at the uh the pirate radio kickoff party at the state yep. theater and uh you, you had a big weekend i guess party game all that a lot going on came right? by the tailgate yeah. Time. yeah 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 no it, it was excited man you guys got some good stuff going on over here yeah. how about being on this side of it willie you played football from what like grade school to the nfl and now you get to like hang out and just be a guy yeah hey, hey <laughs> what, what's the ratio from missing it to enjoying what you can do now you know yeah no that, that's that's a great question and you know years past it was hard for me to watch football because i still wanted to play you know i still felt like i could play and it was like that's that regret like dang man i wish i was out there but now i can really just kind of sit back and and enjoy the game as a fan man and as a former player and really just kind of see what's happening on the field because i probably see a lot of things that most fans don't see and it just makes it exciting to watch the game now man good that's that's uh that's awesome to hear you gonna be out there this saturday plan to that's the plan that's the plan all right a night game at uh daddy ficklin stadium while you're here willie uh week one of the nfl i'm fired up for it let's look at some of the big matchups and, and make a pick okay all right let's start with bills rams i mean what a game to open up the season thursday night right right here on pirate radio rams coming off the championship bills picked the the odds on favor to win the super bowl this year so who do you like bills at rams I'm going for the rams all right, Super Bowl champions win it on opening night. Absolutely. All right, this one's big because the Bills own the AFC East now, but who's second in that division? Is it still Belichick and the Patriots, or could it be the Dolphins? With Tua and all those new weapons, new head coach, Patriots-Dolphins Sunday, who you got? Yeah, it's, it's hard to go against Belichick, man, with just how systemized he is. It, it doesn't matter who he has on the field. Because of his systems that he has in place, they're going to always have a good chance to win, so I'm going with them, man. All right. Tough to bet against the Patriots yeah. until Belichick's Where gone. is that game in? Uh, in Miami. In Miami. Okay. Yep. That'll be a good one. Uh, how about afternoon Packers at Vikings? Aaron Rodgers has seen Adams and his weapons go away, uh, but he's still there. Vikings are loaded on offense with Cook and, and uh, Jefferson. How about this matchup in Minnesota on Sunday? It's in Minnesota. Um, I know they're going to bring out a great crowd. But it's hard to go against Rodgers, man. He just he's he's a confident dude, man. He he don't it don't matter who he has out there. He he going out there thinking he's going to win the game. 
You're going Rodgers? These yeah. are two games that should always be played opposite. Like the the, the Vikings Packers game should be in Minnesota in December because they'll probably play again. You know, I mean, the division rounds because it's going to be so cold and it's an indoor stadium. And then no. the Patriots should go down to Miami yeah. in, in December as well. What a, no, we won't. What you don't want the snow on your television, Ellerby? If, if I was a season ticket holder, I'd right? Come on. <laughs> Man, you got to toughen up, Jonathan. Yeah, I know. I thought you were an F3 guy. I'm, I'm weather soft over here. <laughs> I don't mind being exercising in the weather. It's just right. sitting there freezing in the weather. It's tough. All right. Bucks at Cowboys. We got that one here on uh, Sunday Night Football on Pirate Radio. Tom Brady took a leave of absence. I guess he's back now. And it just had a career year last year. Yeah. Cowboys, not as much optimism this year as they had last year. They've lost some weapons, got some injuries. But how about Bucks at Cowboys? You know, I, I want to see the Cowboys just because it's about time for them to do something, but it's hard to go against Tom Brady, man. Hard to go against Brady, hard to go against Rodgers, hard to go against Belichick. All right. And I think that's how we feel. Like, we have to see it to believe it with these guys that have been doing it for so long. Right. And that's a good example of those picks right there, I think. All right. Good stuff, Willie. Enjoyed it. Are you yeah. not going to ask about the Commanders? That's not a big game. <laughs> Jaguars at Commanders. I just got to throw it out there. You guys. Uh... 40% capacity. It's going to be so sad. I mean, I'm excited. I want them to do well. Right. Fine. Jaguars at Commanders. Who who cares? Well, <laughs> I'm going to say the Commanders. Thank I'm you. I'm optimistic, man. <laughs> I, did, I did leave one out. Baker versus Cleveland. Yes. Panthers and mm. Browns. Yeah. Who wins that one? Man, Becker's going to light it up, man. <laughs> he's pissed, so he's going to light it up. <laughs> All, right. All right, there are the uh, Willie's picks. We'll uh, we'll talk a little NFL when Willie's here on Tuesdays. How about the Pirates uh, as we wrap it up? How do you see them responding, Willie? What kind of game are you expecting on Saturday? Yeah, man, I, I think these guys are going to come out. Um, the offense is going to establish the run, hands down. It's going to happen this game. It's going to open up the play-action pass and then just the whole passing game in general. And I expect to see the same from the defense, man. They're going to come out and play hard and, you know, get after it. Willie, how can uh, people get up with you if they want to buy or sell some real estate? Well, the easiest way to get up with me is to just call my cell, 252-258-8168, 258-8168. And if all goes well, they can just come out and meet you at the Pirate Radio Tailgate Zone. Sounds like a plan. All get, right. uh, bring a napkin, get the deal done there. Right. <laughs> there He'll go put up for sale sign in your yard right after the game. Right. <laughs> Willie, thanks for joining us, man. Enjoy yeah, it. Man. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. A lot more to go on Pirate Radio Live. We're talking to Double B, Brian Bailey when we return. Got J.J. McLam coming up at 4 o'clock. Big show today. Bryce Williams, Hour 3. We're back with you after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show welcome back are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential copy pro has been in eastern north carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year and they're in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you. Big Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. 
Still to come, got Brian Bailey in a moment. J.J. McLam joins us at 4 o'clock. He'll be addressing the issues that took place at Dottie Ficklin Stadium, uh, parking, everything kind of surrounding the game on Saturday. So that's coming up at 4 o'clock. Also, uh, Mark Brown came to chat.com. We'll talk some baseball. O's took it on the chin twice yesterday. We'll look around the uh, standings in MLB. Bryce Williams here at 5 o'clock. We got Mike Houston comments to get to at some point as well. Smash the like if you're watching on Facebook. And like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. I need uh, likes. Like I need oxygen. Like I need a big plate of ribs. So smash those likes. Yeah, if I was uh, dependable on people liking this broadcast either on facebook or youtube i'd be dying yeah i would be starting to go lifeless well i heard a rumor that if you watch a video on facebook and youtube and you don't like it it automatically charges your credit card 50 cents a second i heard that too did you hear that rumor yes i did i mean it's floating around i don't know if it's true or not i would play it safe and just go Uh, ahead and hit like best believe i play it safe yeah yes sir so go ahead and like it and and if that rumor is true you won't have to worry about that. Like, and if you're not, if you just tuned in, like, you're probably like twenty dollars down. Now. <laughs> you're in the hole right you're, now. You're in big trouble, buddy. So you better go ahead and do it now before you lose more. Um, that is not true, by the way. No, it's not. But, but still, like, it sounds true. You know, I bet if I said that the uh, the political party you don't like is instituting this rule, I bet people would start liking it then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> so just give us a like. We're doing this for, for you for free. Slap a like, smash a sub. <laughs> Simple as that. All right. Hey, you know what, Chandler? You're my guy. Hey, no problem, my guy. You're my guy. No problem, my guy. Yeah. My guy, no problem. My guy, my guy. My guy. Say that one more time. My guy. <laughs> <laughs> Some about Rajay saying my guy. My guy. It fires me up. <laughs> Didn't you ask him like, how did the touchdown feel there late in the game? He how did it like, feel like, to get into that end zone? Uh, to slide into that end zone, and what he say? Uh, like a dream, my guy. <laughs> my guy. <laughs> my guy. Uh, it, it was a dream come true, my guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a, just so smooth with it. All right, let's. Uh, Head out to the Pitt Electric live line. Pitt Electric is your trusted electrical partner since 1981. You can join their team. Uh, They are hiring. Go to PittElectric.com. Joining us, sports director at WNCT Channel 9, host of the Brian Bailey Show here on Pirate Radio. Brian Bailey joins us. BB, how you doing, man? Doing great. How are you? Doing great. Great time of the year. And uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with pirate football we, we've got your thoughts on the u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show you called in bailey after the calls had finally calmed down we had about two and a half hours where we didn't have an open line it, it was uh it was buzzing and a lot of folks had a lot to say and i gotta i gotta give credit to the pirate nation a lot of what i thought level-headed optimistic responses for a game where you just got your soul crushed and uh i give the pirate fans credit for that man uh, east carolina played them tough and uh, we all know what happened at the end yeah and i think the reason for all of that is that you saw a team that, that really played a, a, a really good football game against a good football team and, and really should have won the football game i mean there were so many positives that came out of that you know the two goal line stands uh you know the interception by Jaro wilson late the you know, the drive that Holt Naylor's put him under to get him in field goal range. And, 
you know, there was just so much there with the build-up, the anticipation, the 51,711 in attendance. I mean, it was really just a great day in Greenville that would have been even greater if that field goal had gone through the uprights. But it didn't. you got to bounce back, and uh, now it's time to get ready for Old Dominion. I think one of the best things that could have happened, I even said it Friday night before the ECU State game, was Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech. I mean, East Carolina was going to have their attention anyway, but now they certainly do after uh, ODU knocked off the Hokies on Friday night. Yeah, and I, I really yeah, – I watched that game, and, I, and I, I came away just thinking that neither team was very good offensively or either both teams were very good – I heard you asked that to Donnie Kirkpatrick yesterday on the show. How how do you answer that question, Bailey? Well, he kind of you know he kind of gave it the coach speech. <laughs> yeah. deal is, you know they got respect for every, and I, I respect them too. But it just didn't look like there was a whole lot going on uh, offensively for both of those teams. And Mike Houston said today that, that they've got a, a really good offense, and 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 you know, and Houston's not one of those that that you know like the Lou Holtzes of the world that will make the <laughs> make the uh, Mount St. Mary's sound like they're Notre Dame or something like that. I mean, he's not usually the type that, that oversells something. And he was really complimentary of what Old Dominion's done, of Ricky Ronnie, their coach. And uh, I think he expects it to be a really good football game. How about the the roller coaster there at ODU? Bobby Wilder uh, did a great job there. Bailey it had uh, you know, kind of hit on some hard times. Last year, ODU comes out. It looks like they might go winless, and then they go on this win streak at the end of the year and uh, have a lot of momentum coming into this year. They follow that up with a field-storming win against Virginia Tech. So looks like uh, Ronnie has that thing going in, in the right direction uh, right now. Yeah, and when he took the job, uh, there was a lot of positivity around the program, and, and they were really excited to get him from Penn State and I think so. I think that there is a lot of excitement around the Old Dominion program and what they've been able to do in their short history. I think they started playing football in 2009, so they haven't played all that many years. But uh, it's a, it's. I, I think it's a good game for East Carolina. I mean, I mean, they're not rivals like NC State and East Carolina are in-state rivals. But you know, Norfolk, Virginia is two hours and ten minutes from here because I've driven it about a thousand times in my lifetime. And, and really, I mean, I think it's just a, a really good game for their fans. Now, I was surprised last time they played here. I think they were coming off the win over Virginia Tech back then. And I have to double-check my, my facts on that one. But I know they were coming off of some big win. And I thought it was going to be a, a really nice Old Dominion crowd. And they really didn't travel very well. So I'm anxious to see this time out how they do at Dowdy Pickling again. And how would the Pirate fans show up, Bailey, after a, a, a great game but a narrow loss and also what sounds like some not great uh, fan game day experiences at Dowdy Ficklin. And uh hear from uh, J.J. Lamb uh, today on the show with Troy D. But uh, I know a lot of fans uh, had some stuff to say about that the following Saturday. Yeah, and, and that's unfortunate. I think, you know, in some respects, you expect a little bit of that because obviously the crowd is, is the largest in ECU history. But I think, you know, in some of the problems that they had last year, they, they were supposed to be, you know, fixed, and, and they weren't. And, and just some of the things, you know, and it's easy for us to sit on the outside looking in and say what we want to say, but, but I just think they knew it was going to be hot. You know, why not have barrels of water? you know, water bottles and just sell them for a dollar a piece just so people would have them. And it was, it was hard to get anything. And that, that's unfortunate because you've got to get, you know, people have got to be able to get some water, get some drinks. And uh, the lines were long all over the place. 
Brian Bailey joining us on the Pitt Electric Live Line. East Carolina Old Dominion. Our pregame coverage begins at 2 o'clock on Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And we'll talk to you late night after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Gearing up for uh, for week one of the NFL. Bailey, a great one here on Pirate Radio Thursday night to kick it off. Rams and Bills. And then we'll have your Cowboys here on Sunday night. I'm trying to get that knocked off the air, but I think we're going to have that one here on Sunday night as well. Boys and Bucks going at it this year to kick off the season. How are you feeling? I'm feeling like you're a closet Cowboy fan, and I'm going to get you that Dallas Cowboy cap for you to wear. I think that's going to look good. Look, I know a lot of you Cowboys fans are in the closet. I, I'm not one of them, Bailey. I'm going to tell you. You're out of the closet, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a proud Commodore, as you would say. Yes, you are. Yeah, Lionel Richie special. Commodore. <laughs> I just can't wait to get it started, man. It's, there's just nothing. You know, and we've said it so many times in, in, in the, over the years, but you know, once it gets cranked up, I mean, we're a month into the high school football season before <laughs> the pros even start. And you're you, almost halfway through it. After kickoff, you're just in a tornado for a, a few months, and it goes by like a few weeks, don't it, Bailey? It does. It flies by. I mean, next thing you know, we'll be planning on Thanksgiving and what's going to you know, happen there. But it's just so much you know, fun to watch the games and see which teams you know, are going to be as good as you thought. I mean, the Cowboys and the Bucks. I was watching the ESPN bottom line and Tampa Bay's favored by a point and a half or hmm. two. But then it says Cowboys 64% chance of victory. And I'm thinking, how is that? What what, what kind of formula did they use for that? But uh, I hope they do have a 64% chance for victory. I'll take it. Kind of some weird stuff going on in Tampa with the Brady absence and you've got some O-line issues there. And, and I don't know. It, it, the Bucks are still the favorite, obviously, in the South, but – I don't know. It just kind of sounds like a recipe for maybe a disappointing season there. I'm done uh, trying to say Tom Brady's done. I, I think I said that like seven or eight years ago, and he had a career year last year. So I'm not going to write him off until he is uh, – it might be until his funeral, Bailey. I think even if he's like yeah. 60 or 70 years old, he could probably come back and still play a game or two. I think you're right. And, and you know, when he retired, and I thought, well, you know, he finally did it. And then, you know, what was it, two weeks later, he was back at it, couldn't stand it. I think that's what's going to happen when I retire. I'll be back at it pretty quick. You're going to be doing something. I know that much. I'll be doing something. I don't know what it is. I'll be doing something. (laughs) Brian Bailey joining us. Looking forward to a fun college football NFL weekend. Bailey, everybody I talked to had had some folks going out to the Conley game Friday night, and I said, yeah, this one's probably going to get ugly, man, Cleveland. And uh, and I, it was part. Of, it was kind of a reverse jinx deal, but it was also what I believed that Cleveland is just too dang good. I got to give the Vikings a lot of credit. Looks like they uh, hung with them there on Friday night. Yeah, and we had the same conversation here because we were trying to find a game of the week, and obviously both those teams were undefeated. But Cleveland is really, really good, and I didn't know if Conley could hang with them either. But they were up ten nothing early on in that game. And, you know, just couldn't hang with them later on. But Nate Conner's got a good little football team over there. And I think Conley's going to have something to say about that uh, big Carolina 3A-4A championship. Newburn so far looks to be, you know, the, the, the head horse out there. Yeah. They're really good. But they've got a – it's hard to go through those waters with Jacksonville and Havelock and Rose and Conley and, and – so it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting conference season once they get there. Yeah, you got one more week of non-conference for uh, for a lot of these teams. Bailey, any, have you looked ahead week four? Any big matchups coming up this Friday? Southside and Riverside are both undefeated. That's going to be our uh, game of the week for touchdown Friday. Charborough, Southwest, Edgecombe play. 
and that's always a big rivalry. And we'll use that one for our backyard brawl. Uh, Tarboro's two and one, and Southwest is one and two. Uh, so we've got that game as well. Uh, but but yeah, once we get into those conference games, I mean, every game in the Big Carolina is just could be a game of the week, really. Brian Bailey joining us on the Pit Electric Live Line. Great conversation with Donnie Kirkpatrick. We always joke that after a, uh, a heartbreaking loss, Donnie Kirkpatrick is the, the guy that comes on the show. It happened again this year, Bailey, and thought he was uh, really open and honest about things that happened during that game. That, that was a, a pretty refreshing interview to hear a, a coach talk like that after a game. It, it, it really was. And I sent him a text afterwards, and I said, Coach, I sure appreciate your time. Thanks so much. And he said, he said, hey, I appreciate what you do. He said, he said, maybe one of these days I'll get to go on after a win. <laughs> so I texted him back and said, hey, I thought we had it. We had it set up for a win. Uh, I, a lot of times through the years I have set that up after a tough loss to have him on because he is so good. Yeah. Uh, this time I had it set up just for the first two weeks. I had Blake first and then I had Donnie after that. So we knew that was going to come after the state game. But, uh, yeah, they were close. Need to get a W this Saturday against Old Dominion. Are you going to be wearing your uh, Old Dominion old gear uh, under your purple on Saturday? No, no, I have the purple on. Right. Self-proclaimed Ryan Bailey Bowl. Nobody else calls it that, but I do. <laughs> but, yeah, it's kind of fun. We'll call it that this weekend. We'll, we'll give you a, a plug there. BB, thanks for joining us, man. Have a great rest of your week. We'll uh, hear from you coming up on the High School Huddle with Morgan Aylers on Friday, and uh, talk to you again on Saturday. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you, Brian. Brian Bailey joining us today on the Pit Electric Live Line on Pirate Radio Live. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one, get you set for hour two, where we will talk to J.J. McLam from ECU Athletics. He'll join us in the Pirate Radio studios. Bryce Williams. Man, he was into it on uh, Saturday. Had a lot of angry and happy, joyful text messages from Bryce. We'll recap East Carolina NC State with him, talk about Old Dominion and more. So it's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live here on a busy Tuesday. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 59,000 uh, followers, 59, followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. Man, I remember when we got that 59th follower. I was excited. And now we're over 59. Doing a big promotion for the 60th follower. <laughs> Who's number 60? I meant to say 1,000. and I. First Surely no mistake goes unnoticed here. Of course not. <laughs> think we're gonna let that one slide by the goalie no way not a chance mm-hmm. not a chance uh we have a 12 pack troy d of pbr to give away because it is paps blue ribbon tailgate tuesday indeed pirate fans get stocked up for tailgating season with pbr at your favorite retailer look for the qr code on the pbr display and register for a chance to win a pbr cooler full of beer P- sorry go ahead 
No, this is part of the script. No, I know. You I, interrupt me, and then I get it back on track. P- PBR really making a comeback clip, really popular nowadays with the uh, with the kids. Good job reading that. Game day or any day, all pirates prefer PBR. No, I've noticed. I've noticed how many people drink PBRs nowadays, and it really has. Uh, you know, I think PBR used to be a big brand in the past, and now it's back. They're kind of like Crocs. Crocs had a big heyday back, like when Ellerbe first wore them many years ago. And then they kind of went out of style. And now all the kids, like from 12 to like 15, it seems like, they're all wearing Crocs now. All right. Crocs have made a big time comeback. And they're expensive, man. You've priced out a pair of Crocs lately? I'll tell you what's not expensive. 50 bucks for a pair of Crocs? What's, That's a Croc. What's not expensive is a free 12-pack. You're not of, that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. What is happening? A free 12-pack of PBR, which is on uh, tap at the end of this segment. So a couple minutes from now, we'll That's open right. up the uh, Pirate Radio Pit Electric Live line, and you can be a winner. That's awesome. Yep. There you go. Uh, Shirley, can we hit a Houston cut real quick? Because he did have an update on a couple of Pirates that were not in action on Saturday. So we learned before the game that Bailey Malovic was with his family in South Carolina due to a, uh, a family issue. And also Rick DeBrew all last week, not on the depth chart. Jeff Charles, Stephen Igo didn't have much of an update on it other than it uh, looks like a doghouse situation. And Mike Houston addressed it today. But we did get an update on the status of offensive lineman Bailey Malovic and defensive lineman Rick DeBrew. This is cut 11. Bailey's had uh, some tough things personally. And, uh, you know, he's just he's working through some of that. And we're here to support him any way we can and uh, just try to help him. Uh, but uh, uh, Rick uh, is, uh, you know, he's with us. He's practicing. And he's just like anybody else, uh, you know, your performance during practice throughout the week and things of that nature that'll dictate your your snaps on game day and so uh you know excited to uh about all of our guys and excited about him just seeing what they can do this week in practice all right mike houston there on rick DeBrew and bailey malavik two different situations there malavik dealing with a, a family issue rick DeBrew sounds like uh, just needs to pick it up uh, between Sunday and Friday and earn his spot back on the field. Remember last year he was talking about how rocked up Rick DeBrew He's a rocked was. up guy. Yeah, he looks good. He's in shape, but there's more to it than just that. Yeah, so uh, hope to get him back on the field. Hope to get both of those guys back because uh, not just for depth purposes, but they are good, uh, talented Division One football players. So need to get them uh, back going. So that was uh, Mike Houston earlier today. We've got more of his comments that we'll play throughout today's show on uh on prl let's hit one more shirley before we take a timeout. owen daffer misses the extra point gets another shot misses the field goal and uh well documented at this point mike houston uh, today was asked how he's dealing with it uh in the aftermath of the game cut three well i just you know he he, he took it hard because uh, you know nobody wants to hit those kicks more than he does and nobody takes it harder than he does and so as much as Fans may have been disappointed. He's more disappointed. And, uh, you know, we've, we've rallied around him. Um, I spoke with him Saturday night after the game and spoke with him again Sunday night. The coaches spent time with him yesterday. Um, you know, just watching him Sunday at practice, you know, he's sitting over there working on uh, the mechanics and fundamentals, and that's all it is. Uh, and the thing that he has proven that he is a top-level kicker. And, you know, he, you're not 19 of 23 with a 54-yard game winner. Uh, perfectly executed onside kick at Marshall 
you know, you don't do those things if you don't have the ability to compete at a high level in pressure settings. And so I expect him to bounce back, uh, and, you know, he's going to have a great year for us, and we have confidence in him. Mike Houston on East Carolina kicker Owen Daffer, and uh, we'll hear more from Coach Houston coming up later on in today's program. Right now, we will open up the Pit Electric Live line and give away a 12-pack of Pabst Blue Ribbon. It is Tailgate Tuesday here at Pirate Radio. Shirley, you want to go caller 12, 317-1250. 317-1250 for your chance to win. A PBR 12-pack must be 21 or older. J.J. McLam is here. When we return, we will talk to J.J. McLam about uh, situations at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Troy D. will be here. We'll do that. Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live rolls on when we return right after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oils, uh, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway and Bells Fork and online at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. And congratulations to Richard Wilder, who is our win, uh, winner for the PBR Tailgate Tuesday. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. All right. Those PBRs might make Richard even wilder. Oh, all nicely man. done. That, that is, is a pro move Ooh. right when there. You're here. Thank you. Don't attempt this at home. All right. Welcome back into Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Still a lot to get to, including former ECU tight end Bryce Williams. He was fired up to see number 80 get in the end zone. His old number, Shane Calhoun, will... Uh, Talk about East Carolina, NC State. Look ahead to Old Dominion as well. Troy D. alongside and uh, also joining us in the Pirate Radio studios, J.J. McLamb from ECU Athletics. J.J., how you doing, man? Doing good. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I appreciate it. J.J. is the, uh, did I get this right, Executive Associate Athletics Director? That might be the first time you've gotten it right. All right, Troy. that's a that's a big accomplishment for me. But uh, we do appreciate He's reading. From I know. I want to make sure that we got it right. He can read. That, yeah, well done. Well, it keeps changing all the time, yeah. so they keep adding uh, titles to you. But anyway, thank you for being here. I want to give you props. First of all, we talked yesterday, and before I could even ask you, you were like, "Hey, man, I need to come on the air, and I want to address some of the stuff that happened over the weekend." So, uh, actually, this is something you initiated. And uh, originally, we were going to record it over the phone. You're like, no, I want to come in live in studio, potentially even take calls later on. So uh, kudos to you for at least, you know, not shying away from some of the issues that happened over the weekend. And there was some good that happened over the weekend, too, which I also want to address. But let's start, JJ, with, uh, I guess, you know, what we're going to talk about here is not anything on the field. This is all operational stuff in the stadium, uh, fan experience stuff. What, what, from y'all's perspective, from the administration perspective, I guess what what did you see as some um, key problems uh, on Saturday? You know we, uh, you know Troy, like everybody else, you know we we saw some of our logistical issues that we had stemming from 
you know, the parking, the traffic flow coming in, parking going into the lots, uh, on into the lines at the gates getting in, and then with some of our concessions issues. So, you know, we did see it and we realized it. And, uh, you know, we've heard from a lot of folks the last 48 to 72 hours. And, you know, that's one of the things with John and, and Ryan and myself, you know, we're not hiding from the conversations. We're, we're taking them and we welcome the constructive criticism and the feedback from Pirate Nation. And we're committed to working with our partners and our vendors on getting it right. And uh, the last two days has been really good with those relationships and uh, putting together a plan that will be coming out from our vendors. All right. So uh, there seemed to be, from what I've heard, there were some issues with, with people that had parking passes that weren't able to, to park their car. There were some issues, obviously, uh, a lot of issues in the concession area, whether uh, items running out like water or lines taking forever just to be able to even try and get an item. Uh, I heard there were issues with students not being able to get back into the student section after they uh, left to go to the bathroom or wherever they went. Um, w- each one of those is kind of a separate category. How do you guys, what, I guess, is there enough time? Because now you've got another home game coming up Saturday. Um, you've got two more after that. Is there enough time to fix these issues? Absolutely, Troy. And and at John's leadership and directive, uh, we're, we're getting them all squared away. We have been working very hard and tirelessly with our partners and our vendors to address each and every concern that has come in and working with them to put a plan in place and how we're going to address them. So what, what is the plan, I guess? What, I guess it depends on the issue, but what are you guys doing specifically to try and fix things? Well, you know, we talk about parking. You know, obviously, let's start from the beginning. Traffic coming in. Uh, you know, we met uh, today with our football game operations meeting. We talked with our law enforcement partners. We talked about the traffic. We talked about how we can come in and better utilize our resources of traffic direction, traffic detail, and then in the lots, having more staff. You know, the, the thing that kind of got us on Saturday in, in the Carroll Belt lot was people would park. They'd take up two or three parking spots because they'd have their tailgate tent. They'd put two tents between them and a truck beside them. And so we've got to do a better job of enforcing parking in one spot. And so you'll see some changes when you come in the lot this week. Um, we'll have more staff there directing. We'll park you as you come in. Uh, and we will, you know, look at opening up rows at a time. Um, you know, we've really got to control how you park. And so, you know, because that is our only game day parking that we're able to sell on game day so we've got to maximize our space but what we can't do is say this lot is full and then not have a plan of where we're moving people and that's what got us in that situation saturday you know when the decisions were made to cut a lot to close the lot we didn't communicate where to go or if we did communicate where to go um, some of the follow-up on how to get those folks our great pirate fans from that lot to the stadium uh, and so we've got to do a better job of, of communicating some of that stuff on the front end should we get into that situation but i think better better plans with that but it kind of also put it in a perspective too we towed 102 cars saturday so that creates some jam in the lots. It creates a little confusion. Uh, you know, you're a power club member that's got a designated parking pass. You come in, and there's somebody parked in your spot with the wrong pass. And so that is a courtesy tow. We're looking at making some changes there to that. Now that won't be a courtesy tow. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that are changing that we need to look at holistic as we approach, you know, the parking coming in. You had uh, the largest crowd in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium history. Um, you know, 
I was talking with someone about this before. You know, the stadium was originally, you know, built for 35,000. It kept on expanding, kept on expanding. But it doesn't always mean everything expands with it. You know, so you, you had max capacity. And I do remember there were issues last year. I remember we talked about some of this, some of them COVID-related last year as far as some of these issues had happened before. When you talk about your partners, I guess when let's talk about concessions, it's Airmark. What what was the specific breakdown? Was there shortages in what they ordered? Did they not have enough ordered? And I know staffing's an issue everywhere with everybody. Is that the the main issue, the staffing and the lack of it? Uh, how do you you know one? I, I saw it. I think it was a, a lack of product, and then a lack of being able to get to that product to the concession stands, and then a lack of people helping to sell it. Is that kind of how you guys saw it? Yeah, that is, but you know, I would say it, it was no surprise that we were playing North Carolina State on September 3rd. Uh, you know, we had several planning meetings going back to, you know, May and June and July with our partners putting a game plan together of how we were going to attack this game. And, you know, because of what happened last year at South Carolina, um, you know, and so we did it. And, and I would say our partner uh, with our concessions with Airmark, you know, they are releasing a statement today that will be going out here momentarily uh, this afternoon where, you know, they're fully committed and, and they acknowledge the problem. And, you know, we have been working with them over the last 48 hours on how we can address. And, you know, so what what is going out, you know, what they're talking about from them is Matt Rogers, their regional vice president, has been working with, with John and our staff, you know, with us hand in hand over the last 24, 48 hours. And we're going to put in a bunch of changes from the concession side. But, you know, Airmark's fully committed to delivering the best fan experience to Pirate Nation. They recognize that Saturday they did not provide the level of service that our fans deserve and expect. And so they are committed to making that up and, and re re-getting Pirate Nation to re-believe in, in Airmark as being our concession. You know, they realized that the atmosphere was not what they wanted. Um, they want to ensure that our concessions operations can enhance and get back to what Pirate Nation knows they can do. But uh, there's some misbeliefs out there that I want to kind of clear up on that. You know, we did not run out of water at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. So for the folks and, and the, the people there that, you know, we still had water, but what it did is we may ran out of water at booth one or booth two, but there was still water in the stadium. That's still unacceptable. We need to have it at every point of sale. We need to have it where we can. Uh, the same thing with food. You know, we had hot dogs left over at the end of the game, but physically could not get those hot dogs from the kitchen to the individual stands because of the amount of people on the concourse. But, you know, we're not making excuses. You know, they understand that they did not meet the level of expectations uh, that they have and that we have. And so I think we've got a, a good plan in place. Uh, some of the changes that you'll see, um, you know, we're working um, with water. You know, one of the things that we will, you know, be announced coming out is that all the fans that are coming into the game will be able to bring two bottles of unopened water with them. We will have now water-only um, concession lines set up separate from the rest of the concessions where you can go get water and soft drinks only, not have to worry about the food part of it. Uh, we're working with our campus IT department to get hardwired or Wi-Fi to the uh, terminals at the concession stand because, you know, we have a DAS system in the stadium that is a third-party vendor. But when that, you know, it went down, at, you know, right before kickoff on Saturday and a lot of Pirate Nation 
experienced that issue with your cell phone didn't work mm-hmm. and you couldn't send a text message you couldn't send a picture message well yep. our credit card terminals run off of cellular data yeah so that was one of the things that we're working with them to uh to do there we're also uh reorganizing some of our beer stands and our beer lines and our queue lines because of where concession stands were across from each other on the concourse the mm-hmm. lines ran into each other yep. so we're redesigning some of that but you know to your earlier point we, we knew it was coming and you know we've been working towards it and we didn't hit the expectations and and then working with uh, our partners but uh, airmark is committed to making this right and and really turning things around and this weekend you'll you'll be able to to see some of the changes that they are implementing i'll tell you you know there'll be enough water at dowdy ficklin stadium that uh from from aquafina that you'll be able to to see the difference there and that's really what we've got to do is we've got to get pirate nation to believe in us again are there any like uh refillable stations or fountains or anything like that for these hot games there's not right now but that is one of their uh items that they are looking at clip they're looking at how they can put up the big water coolers um that you can bring in and refill it with your water bottle or you know refill it that way jj mclam joining us from ecu athletics uh, as we're talking about uh some of the issues that uh, fans experienced over the uh, game day weekend at Daddy Ficklin Stadium for opening weekend versus NC State. JJ, what was the policy of water? I think it's great that uh, people can bring water to the game. I think that's a, a no-brainer to bring a couple bottles with you. Uh, what was the policy going in? I, I thought that always was. I heard mixed things from folks. Some folks brought some in. Some folks were told they couldn't bring it in. Uh, before Saturday, I know it's changed now. What was the policy? Could they bring water in Saturday? Or yeah, was and, and that was uh, a communication error. And and Troy, I own it. I, I mean, I'm and as you know, as we said earlier, uh, you know, I own that. We didn't communicate it well. Uh, there was some confusion at the gates of what was allowed, what was not allowed. And uh, you know, we're working better to have a better communication plan. And so when we're in a heat management plan that goes into effect, and and our policy is if the heat index at kickoff is 85 degrees or higher with the heat index we're in a heat management plan uh, and so we will communicate that out and what that means is, is that you can bring in a un, uh, open bottle of water we've got cool intents on the north and the south side for you we have uh, fans on the concourse and try to set up some areas of assistance so patrons that do need to get out of the heat can come down and sit and have a you know, cooler place to, to sit temperature wise and you know that was some confusion at the gates and uh you know we i will own that with our you know folks there and working towards that this week i did hear from some students there seemed to be some confusion in the student section i wasn't i didn't witness this i'm only hearing it secondhand so i'm, I'm asking you out of curiosity too but i did hear from people that were involved in this that were sitting in the student section they'd go down and they they weren't they were told they couldn't come back up what, what was the situation with that yeah and, and troy that's a very complex one there um you know i want to talk about the good real quick uh, having over thirteen thousand students at dowdy ficklin on saturday was a record high for us that is phenomenal uh, we want to continue our student support we want our students to continue coming and we need to make that a fun environment for them uh, and that started we had a great tailgate at treasure island what we're calling over at the tennis courts uh, where we had a dj and the band for them there uh, great atmosphere and we got to carry that over into the game but the students got in and you know the boneyard and, and one misconception that we need to 
do a better job of educating. The Boneyard is actually sections 21 and 22, the last two sections in the north side. And then what we're calling the Boneyard, which is sections 23 through 31. So in that, you know, there's about 13,000 seats in those two those two areas combined. And our students only think the boneyard is the middle. Mm-hmm. And so we need to educate them on that. But what happened was um, we had to shut it off because it, it, people didn't understand that 21 and 22 were part of it as well. So we had to shut it off, redirect students over to 21 and 22. When we did, they climbed the wall at 21 and 22 over into section 23. So at that point, you know, working with our police uh, partners, we had to shut it down and get control of the area. Uh, we had to get a handle on people in the aisles, people in the walkways. It just wasn't a safe uh, area. So our, our police department, working with those partners, they shut it down till we could get a control of it. Um, where we where we kind of had a little mishap was the students that wanted to go down and get concessions or the bathroom, they weren't prepared to mark them to have reentry. You know, you got hundreds of people waiting to get back up two people come in it's kind of like one in one out and you can't operate it like that if a student gets in there and they've got their seat they want to go down you got to be able to allow them access back up so we've rectified that we'll have a, a system in place that we will be able to mark those students that are coming out that can get back in uh, and, and really try to educate the the whole boneyard is section 21 through 30 31 what about the uh the tower you know that's something that obviously the majority fans aren't in the suites and the club level but that was under or, uh, a new group this year, at least handling the hospitality, from what I understand. How did uh, how did it go up there? I've heard mixed reviews uh, for those folks. Yeah, uh, you know, we've got a new catering partner that is t- handling all the uh, food catering in Town Bank Tower. Uh, you know, we had a conversation with them yesterday. We had some wins and we had some losses. And, you know, we had a bunch of wins and a couple losses, and we worked through them on what we need to do better there to accommodate uh, our sweet holders. We did have some mishaps where folks didn't get their food until after kickoff well into the first and second quarters. Um, but with Pirate Hospitality, we're working with that group and, and have a plan in place uh, this week that, you know, I feel really confident with them and being able to service uh, our premium areas. I'll say over in Williams Clark Club, um, you know, one thing that we have uh, definitely seen is, which is a great thing, our our pirate faithfuls like to have pirate beverages. And so we've got to make some changes on how we do some stuff in Williams Clark Club, Um, just some lines and some staging of some stuff there better to accommodate um, our, our patrons over in Williams Clark Club seen a lot of questions about you know why nobody is walking through the stands selling drinks water food kind of old school you know the uh drinks all uh, out in front of you is that something you guys don't do anymore at daddy Fickle stadium no no we do we had a um we had a we had a hawking crew this past weekend and you know at the time um the decision was made to, to pull them out and have them run food, have them run water, and, and start doing some selling on the concourse level there. But, uh, you know, Clip, I would say if uh, anybody has an organization that wants to be a hawker, uh, 
contact me. We will get you in touch with Airmark, our our concession provider, and we'll hire you tomorrow. I've seen questions about that too, like high schools or groups or something that want to get involved. Could they somehow help this process, help you guys out? And how do they get paid? Yeah, Yeah, and so Airmark, our concession vendor, pays them. There is a percentage. Uh, You get a a percentage of your sales, uh, and we do that as an organization. Uh, So if Pirate Radio has an organization they want to bring over 10 20 people then you know the organization gets paid a percentage of sales but like i say you know we're willing to hawkers is one we can't um seem to get the folks to do it because it is hard it is you know you're carrying the tray mm-hmm. up and down the steps and it's hot and, it, and and that's the hardest job for us to to fulfill yeah. so we've we've put it out there uh we're offering a little bit higher percentage rate to the hawkers if we can get those folks to come in and do that um, but you know, I, w- I would say this this week is with that we had bodies. Um, you know, we put out some some calls last week to some organizations here in town that stepped up and and really helped us out uh, when we did that. But you know, with that, and, and I'll say how it kind of works is, and, and I'll use you know my group if I say, hey, I'm gonna provide a group that works you know booth booth two and i need six people to work that booth well if i only show up with three airmark's got to find me three more people and where do you do that on saturday morning yeah. and that's the challenge is when some of our our groups our nonprofits, uh we start with the number that we ask them to show up with those numbers dwindle down and so then the the fill-ins that we had, you know, we we used all those and had to reassign some staff around uh, working with Aramark and and really, you know, it, it's it's them. They manage it. They're our vendor, um, but they are willing to take anybody that wants to be a hawker. People are willing to sell drinks in the stadium, as you call it, JJ Hawkers. Uh, you probably make an absolute mint because it would just be. I mean, it's, you probably wouldn't even get up but ten rows before you'd sell out and have to go refill again. <laughs> Maybe we could be a celebrity hawkers clip. We could do like. A, I'll let uh, you go first and, and then, tell me yeah, how it goes. I'll do the yeah. first half. You do the second half. Right. If you get Troy to carry <laughs> that tray up there, let me know. Yeah, that, right. Well, let's talk about how much commission JJ yeah. off the air, and then we'll see what we can do. Um, the, one of the things you were talking about though too is is it's one thing to load up the a concession stand ready to go before the game but then once those products get sold you've got to reload it and there's only you know where's that product coming from how do you keep it cold in some cases or hot uh that's an issue too especially when the concourse is packed with people moving through there there's there are a lot of logistics to work out as far as how do you get those concessions also refilled especially ones in the upper deck that aren't quite as easy to get to yeah and then that's part of aramark's plan they're they're changing they're staging locations. They're they're adding more locations of product, uh, you know, in places where they had one pallet of water set, and this week you'll see three pallets, uh, you know, and, and they realize that's where they miss that uh, is being able to have that back stock, the dry goods, readily available, um, you know, and so they they've got a plan. We. Uh, we spent Sunday and uh, and Monday at the stadium. Uh, I walked around with them yesterday for about two and a half hours, going through their plan uh, and really walking through logistically of of what they have presented back to athletics as what they feel like is a correctable action. Which is great. Do you feel that the Airmark folks and you guys should they have done this before a couple weeks before the NC State game? Well, I'll go back. You know, we we met and obviously. Uh, we had a plan in place and that they had presented to us uh, over the course of the summer and I think part of that wasn't met and they've they've owned it as you'll see this afternoon when 
when their release comes out publicly, um, you know, they're they're owning that, you know, obviously they did not hit the level of the expectation. And, and basically just kind of got overwhelmed, I guess. They did. And, and, you know, at that point, uh, it's just like in anything. You get that far behind, it's really hard to catch up and, and to, to make it. But I think they're um, – We've got to be able to, and when I say that, you know, they've got to be able to adjust and adapt and and make the right call at the right time. Even with the problems, there were still a lot of food and beverage sold. There were still fifty one over fifty one thousand tickets sold. Uh, I got to imagine this was a record revenue day for ECU football. Have you totaled the numbers yet? Have not totaled the numbers yet. Uh, still coming in, but I can tell you the early predictions of what we saw yesterday. Um, of trying to get everything counted, we greatly surpassed the South Carolina game last year uh, and kind of put it in perspective. The South Carolina game was a gross revenue of about 230000 uh, I'm expecting when these numbers come in to be pushing 300000 That's outstanding. On another positive, I thought the uh, new graphic scoreboard, uh, the at least the guts of the scoreboard and the visual board itself looked really good. Uh, I thought the ribbon boards looked fantastic. Kind of gave the stadium a little more big time feel. Yeah, and and that's a great point, Troy. Like we we've got a lot of momentum right now in Pirate Athletics, and you know coming into the season, the hype around our football program, where Coach Houston has us going right now, and where John has us going overall as an athletic department is unbelievable. And you know to be able to pull off a new video board, two new ribbon boards, four LEDs, and then the Murphy Center board as well, you know in about four weeks uh i can't sit here and say that you know we did that all on our own we had some great partners uh in the construction business the electrical business uh campus partners that made it work um and then i'd be remiss if i didn't uh bring up brandon smith will bailey mike myers kyle gaskins um and greg pierce and our video pirate video production team that group relentless yeah. Um, you know, and, and working with our new multimedia rights holder, Playfly, that's been with us since July 1, to to get that board uh, operational, the ribbons, to look what it did in the amount of time. Um, you know, we only turned it on last Thursday. Yeah, it was a small and, miracle. Uh, <laughs> it, it was. It was. Yeah. And, and those guys, man, and that staff phenomenal yeah for what they did but you know the new sound system Mm -hmm. uh you know got a few emails about the sound system uh we're still tweaking it and balancing it and working with it um you know we'll work with it we had some issues with the ref mic uh you know you could have that with a with anything and, and we're working through that but our staff from what they pulled off with the help from our construction partners and our campus facilities and engineering guys was unbelievable can you do one more segment with us yeah all right and we talked and this was to you your credit you said you weren't afraid to take call do you want to open it up and take no, a good. Few if calls we haven't it? covered whatever we all right got. if i think we covered a lot of ground but if you have a specific question for jj mclam from ecu athletics we will open up the phone lines right now Surely, if you can clear the lines, if they're not already cleared 317-1250 252-317-1250 we'll take a break We'll go ahead and we'll open up the phone lines. If you have a question for JJ, give us a call. We'll try and get on a few calls. Uh, if we've already answered your question, then that's great. And we appreciate you tuning in wherever you might be on our uh, Pirate Radio platforms. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back more with JJ McLam exclusively here on PRL right after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? We'll keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Clip Rock, Troy D., J.J. McLam in the Pirate Radio studios. Yeah, good to have J.J. from East Athletics with us in studio today. J.J., very quick before we get to uh, some uh, callers lined up. Uh, we've got another home game. It's going to be a first night game of the year, 6 o'clock kickoff. I believe tailgate lots open up at noon, uh, coming off the largest crowd in school history. What type of crowd are you looking for Saturday? I think we'll have another great crowd, Troy. Uh, you know, I think we'll be pushing around the 40,000 mark this weekend and really expecting another great turnout from our students. All right, uh, Cliff, let's get to yeah, the calls. Let's get to them real quick. So uh, up first is going to be Martin in Birmingham, Alabama. Shirley is getting phones at the moment. Can you pull up Martin here? Martin in Birmingham. Hello, Martin. Hey, how are you back this afternoon? Doing good. Good. So, you know, came in for the game this weekend, took Labor Day weekend off, had four friends with me from Birmingham, Alabama, Orlando, Myrtle Beach, and we stood in line for almost 40, 45 minutes during the second quarter, could not enjoy the game as a fan and an overall fan experience. And I was able to walk to my car Close to the parking lot, right by Epps Middle School, was able to get waters quicker than in the stadium. It's one where my friends that were there with me, one passed out up in the stands. We had to go back and get her back down safely. Not being able to get the drinks and items that we needed to do. As somebody who lives in the southeastern part of the United States, there are you know, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big ECU Pirate fan, but I have seen other experiences with these major schools that are within this country, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, Arkansas. How do we, as a fan base, and I'm selling this, I have friends now who, who saw the game. I had tons see this on uh, TV over the weekend that now are like, wow, Greenville looks like a great atmosphere. How do how do I encourage them to come to East Carolina when I know on the back end great field production and how everything looks, but how can I make that a first-class experience for them when they are coming to Greenville with the concessions in the stands as they are currently? All right. Thank you. Thank you, Moore. I appreciate your call, and thanks for listening to Birmingham. You know, Martin, what I would say is, is I'd ask you to to give to give Airmark and Pirate Athletics another chance. Uh, I really feel with the commitment that you know Airmark is making and, and owning the mistake this afternoon that they are putting a plan in place to rectify some of these issues and and get everything corrected for this weekend, our game against Old Dominion. All right, uh, Tom, you're up next in Raleigh. Hello, Tom. Yes, um, I was at the game. The issue I have with the water is y'all knew the game was sold out. Why not order a pallet after pallet? If you have any left over, use it for the game this weekend. And in the lounge, there was four girls serving alcohol 
uh, and the line was a mile long. Why not put those tables together and have 10 people back there serving the alcohol? It was a mess. I'm embarrassed, and a lot of pirates are mad. Thank you. All right, Tom and Raleigh. Tom, uh, you know, I appreciate your, your, your feedback there, and, and we realize that, you know, we missed some opportunities up there, and, you know, that's one of the corrective measures that they are taking in their, um, you know, their reactions to this weekend and getting everything corrected. You know, you'll see some changes in those bar areas up in williams Clark Club, and uh, I really feel confident in the plan that they're putting in place. Tom in Greenville is up next. Hello, Tom. Yeah, thanks a lot, uh, JJ, for taking my uh, call. Your your fan base is aging. I'm one of the aging. I'm 77, and my wife is 70. It's for us to go up and down the stands is is it's difficult to say the least, especially in the heat. Is there any possibility of putting stations up, what you call the bowl area, when you come up from the elevators and the new, and maybe stage some water up there that we could go up to get it instead of having to go down, like especially if we're in XX and in the higher rows because that's that's coming from the top down to the bottom. Thank you. Yeah, Tom, Tom, I appreciate that. That is a great catch there. That is one of the things that we will be doing this week with Old Dominion game on that level where you come across from the Town Bank Tower at the top of the Southside Seating Bowl. We will have a station there selling water and drinks. Uh, we'll not have food, but we will have a beverage station there for water and Pepsi products only there so our fans can, can get access to that without having to go all the way back down for, for water and soft drinks. All right. Thank uh, you, Tom. Damon up next on the Pit Electric Live Line from Charlotte. Hey, Damon. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, JJ. Thanks for taking the call. Go ahead, Thanks, Damon. Damon. Uh, yeah, the uh, one thing I wanted to mention is I think it's this spot on and as quick as changes can happen that all of these meetings and the time that J.J. and his staff have put in between Saturday night and between right now, uh, let's look at that. Let's look at how fast things have changed. And it's like when you get a speeding ticket or whatever. Once it's, it's done, you uh, you move forward. And I'm ready for everyone to move forward and look forward to uh, Saturday night where the changes have been made. And then everyone who's calling in with a negative comment when all these changes are made, I want you to call back in with a positive comment. And uh, that's all I got to say. All right. Well, thank you, Damon. And, and I mean, it's understandable. People are upset. And, J.J., you know it. I mean, it, you know, actions speak louder than words. You're, you know, people are going to have to come back and, and show that you got it right. You know? Yeah, and, 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 Damon, that's a great point you make there. But I'll tell you, um, John Gilbert's leadership through this situation has been phenomenal for us. Uh, we, we knew it was a problem on Saturday. He addressed it right away. We started having conversations. You know, we had conversations with our partners right after the game Saturday. Uh, while most people enjoyed the, the Labor Day weekend, you know, this is what we did Sunday and Monday. And, and you know, been able to, to jump on it as quickly as we can. But I, I agree with you, the proof's in the pudding, and, and we will be here and, and win back over Pirate Nation uh, Saturday when Airmark and, and all the rest of our food vendors show you what they can do. And, and look, I don't want to make uh, excuses for ECU and sit out here and say, oh, this is, this is why this all happened. But I do understand some of the circumstances, and we have a lot of friends 
that are in the restaurant business. And those restaurants might have some have a capacity of a couple hundred people. Maybe a bigger one might seat 300 folks. And it's hard for my friends in the restaurant business at times to staff their restaurant, whether it's the back end in the kitchen or the front end with the servers. And they do this every single day. Uh, if you look at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, being a restaurant, if you will, serving food and drink, that's capacity was 51,000, JJ, and you're only doing it seven times a year. So, I, you know, I'm not trying to give you guys a free pass, but I am saying think about that from a perspective. If you're a restaurant owner, you probably can already relate, but it, it is a massive undertaking. And I think sometimes even the best of plans don't get executed the way you had hoped going into the state game. So hopefully, uh, folks, I hope folks will give you guys the benefit of the doubt and you are making adjustments and changes. If you guys were here saying, hey, everything's fine, tough, you know, hey, we don't care. It'll be one thing, but that's not what I, I'm hearing. So, No, no to um, your point, Troy, we, we do. And, you know, our whole athletic department is feeling it. Um, you know, all of our fan base felt it. We're feeling it. And, and our partners are feeling it. And, you know, they realize that it is on them to make the corrections and get everything corrected for Saturday because, you know, People aren't going to believe if they don't see it Saturday. Right. They can hear us right now and yeah. hear you guys talking, but they're, then they're going to be looking for those changes Saturday. So uh, hopefully there's a lot of positive stuff to talk about Saturday, including a victory clip. We'll go to the next call. All right. Michelle and Wilson. Hello, Michelle. Hello. Hope you guys are well. Thank Doing you. Doing good. Um, my, my question is um, for Mr. McLamb. I had emailed you on August 23rd, and I was asking about the water bottle policy because I had gone on ECU's website and was looking for the water bottle policy because I was going to certainly let friends of mine know I was going to put it on, you know, the the ECU group webpage that, um, that's on Facebook and stuff like that because people were asking, you know, can we take bottles into the stadium and stuff like that? And I certainly wasn't going to put false information out there. But you never emailed me back. Yep, and, and first of all, Mrs. Ms. Harrell, let me, let me apologize for that. Uh, when I saw the... The post this morning at 3.15 when I was awake trying to figure out, work through some of the stuff, and, and I saw the post, and I went back and I missed it, and that's on me. And I apologize for missing the email uh, on the 23rd when you sent it. And, you know, I, I can't hide from that. I, I just I missed it uh, in my email box, and, and I apologize for that. But that goes back to, you know, where we, where we missed on the communication piece going out. And, and, you know, and I'm going to own that piece of we could have done a better job of communicating our heat management plan uh, out. And I do apologize uh, for that email. Okay. Yeah, because I certainly would have, uh, you know, put it out there and everything because a lot of people, again, were asking on the Facebook group if they could bring <clears throat> stuff in. And, I'm you know, I'm glad that we can at least do that to help out some of the, you know, the issues that we did have at hand. So, uh, thank you for apologizing. So, hope the situation will be better for next week. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Thanks, and, Michelle. And, and what I would say to that, you know, <clears throat> as we said, you know, earlier on, you know, I welcome the, the constructive criticism. I welcome the feedback uh, because, you know, our staff can't be everywhere every time. And so, we don't know about the problems if, uh, you know, people don't let us know. And, JJ, just to reiterate the water situation for folks that tune in late, they might have missed you earlier. Uh, every fan will be allowed to bring in two bottles of water, unopened, unopened. water yeah. uh, to the game Saturday. Yep. So that that will be in effect. So 
Uh, if someone tells you that you can't, then they have wrong information. Go get another security yeah. person to correct yeah, them. To because correct, I yeah. think by time Saturday rolls around, everybody will understand that policy clearly. Uh, but yes, I think you'll be able to see it but, with uh, the signage that uh, that'll be up. Yeah, and and, the, and I think that'll help a lot if if you start with a couple bottles of water. There won't be a massive need for it. If and it, it, hopefully it looks like the temperatures are going to be decent. You know, well, but you know, right, right there now, in the eighties. So. You know, we're, and that's the thing. Right now, we're we're shooting for or what it's showing right now is eighty six at kickoff. Um, which is right on the line of our heat management plan. Yeah. So, all right, uh, let's get one more in here. John is in Greenville. Hey, John. Hey, y'all. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Just wanted to see if the issues coming into the game at um, you know all the gates is that a staffing you know shortage issue because we came in probably about eleven twenty and gate one was already backed up four rows deep but there was only two ticket takers and i mean they were just beyond overwhelmed trying to you know scan a ticket the scanners you know don't work half the time and and by that time they were already just kind of you know bringing folks through the line without even scanning the ticket is that just a a staffing issue at this point thanks for taking my call y'all thank you john john appreciate the call um so a little bit about our ticket scanners we we've We've got a problem there, and we've ordered new ticket scanners uh, that we had ordered prior to the season uh, through our ticket provider company that just aren't here yet. We've uh, got an estimated the delivery date of October 1, so we've got to make it through this four-game home stretch with, with what we got. Um, <clears throat> there is a lot of um, connectivity issues. Uh, whether they scan properly, uh, but to your point, you know, we have staff numbers and working with our staffing company you know you try to put people at gates um, based on historic numbers of you know number of entries through that gate Uh, but that is one of the things that we're looking at is how to redeploy um, additional staff members uh, for that time frame of that 30 minutes for that fans are really trying to push to come in um, but i would urge fans to uh to get into the stadium earlier to enjoy our pregame show with our marching pirates um and and really help alleviate some of that pressure at the gate by coming in early but i thought they did a good job of you know once the scanners went down just if you just show your ticket you just got in you yeah, know and trying to move people in as quickly <clears throat> as possible and, and we did that to try to get them in as quick as we could so uh all right. Uh, Shirley, you got some? Yeah, I had a listener call in, didn't want to go on the air, but he did have a question. He said, uh, I'm not sure of the time frame. He said possibly about five or six years ago, uh, there used to be parking over at the Brody School of Medicine, and you would shuttle people in. They would pay to park there, but should be shuttled in, uh, and and that was uh, eliminated at some point. Is that something that you can revisit to help alleviate some of the traffic issues, or was that a logistical thing where it just cost too much to try to, to provide that service? Yeah, and we did do that, and, and we moved away from it whenever we started working with our Uptown partners and providing the game day shuttle from the Uptown district um that's one that i don't think gets a lot of publicity i yeah. think we can uh, advertise that more about parking down in the uptown downtown district mm-hmm. um and catching that shuttle over that drops you off right outside of the stadium brings you back down post game but you know we looked at that i believe they um, call it the sub dog shuttle the it's right there it's up dogs that picks up yeah. yeah um 
and so we work with them and the uh you know the organization works with our transit and has that bus that does that and i think we can you know work with everybody and and promote that and really you know educate our fan base about how to use that well and the the traffic in and out of the state that's a different issue you know that's a uh, public service or public safety issue with the police department and anytime look you've got small roads coming into the stadium it's it butts up against a neighborhood there's whenever you get fifty thousand people in that area i don't care how good the plan is there's going to be a ton of traffic and, and i you know whether you're trying to come in it might be a little bit easier because people are coming in all different times but everybody seems to leave at the same time especially when the game comes down to the last play it's always that's going to be an issue some of those things just aren't going to be able to be fixable but that's also not necessarily ecu's fault yeah and that is true um you know with with the way the game went down you know all fifty thousand people stayed until the last second and then everybody's trying to exit and you know with berkeley road being closed uh because of where we had all the team buses from nc state their band buses you know we had 20 some buses on that road yeah and we couldn't we had to shut it down for post game exiting and so that forced more people through the neighborhood Mm -hmm. uh which then backed you up on elm street backed you up on the boulevard and so it really just caused the traffic jam until our police partners could work and, and get it cleared at the intersections and you know i think this week berkeley won't be closed down post game because we won't have that many buses on there from our visiting team and so i think we'll be able to accommodate um the post game traffic well jj i appreciate you first of all wanting to come on and talk about this publicly and uh as agreeing to take phone calls uh, a lot of guys would you know not be so willing to uh stand in the bullseye so to speak but i know you guys have been working hard the past few days to try and address these issues you can't go back and change uh what happened saturday but you can work on it to make sure it doesn't happen again and do everything you guys can with the folks that you work with and your partners to eliminate these problems and not that there can't be something that pops up again but at least you guys it seems like it's all hands on deck trying to resolve this oh yeah no it really is but you know troy i do want to leave on the positives you know we had a lot of positives last week and you know to, to where we're at with you know season ticket sales 2000 over last year's number the, I can't reiterate the positive from our students. 13,000 student tickets out last game. And, and really, the, the momentum from Pirate Nation. And, you know, we want to keep that going. And working with our partners, they are committed to rectifying their um, their changes from last week to make it better. And all I can ask is Pirate Nation to, uh, to give those vendors another shot, to give us another shot, and, and really believe in, in what we're doing. That's J.J. McGlam from ECU Athletics. As, uh, we covered a lot of ground today. And, yeah, uh, like Troy said, uh, people are pissed, and, and some rightfully so, and no matter what you say, we'll still be pissed. But uh, I give you a lot of credit, J.J., for uh, for answering and what you're doing behind the scenes. And like you said, proof's in the pudding. Hopefully uh, people will go out there week two and uh, have a blast at Dowdy Fickle. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a great weather day. It's going to be our first night game, so let's get out there and have a fun tailgate and support the Pirates. There's a lot to build on this season, and and uh, let's not dwell, you know, just on the bad things that happen. Let's embrace some of the good things that can happen, too. So hopefully we'll uh, have a lot more fun things to talk about clip in the fifth quarter yeah. coming up Saturday. But, J.J., once again, thanks so much, man, for being here. We really appreciate yep. it. And good luck to you and your team with everything. If you need to get the word out about anything, you know, you got an open line of communication with us all the time here at Pirate Radio. And uh, I know a lot of folks are reading some comments online are appreciative of your appearance today and addressing these concerns and problems that happened over Saturday. We'll take a time out clip. We'll come back and uh, 
uh, keep things rolling here on PRL. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All right, J.J. McLam, ECU Athletics, joining us the previous segment, taking calls and also addressing uh, everything that went down from a, I guess, negative fan standpoint on Saturday and talked about how uh, some changes will be implemented, will be made. And I know that some people are still going to be upset about week one. All he can do now yeah. is acknowledge the mistakes and, and try to make them better. They're not all on his end. There's error mark issues. Yeah. There's issues all around. So, And, and it seemed like it was, uh, you know, there were breakdowns all over the stadium. Yeah. But I, to JJ's credit, I didn't talk to JJ much beforehand because I wanted to address it on the air live and, and not have an interview before the interview. Uh, but to his credit, I think, you know, they take ownership of what happened. Uh, they're embarrassed by it. They want to fix it. And look, it's to their benefit to fix it because the more efficient that they can make concessions, the more they can sell, the more money they make. And the more so, people want to return to a right, game. Right, so they get it. I mean, they know this is a customer service issue. It's a financial issue. So I can assure you they're doing everything they can to fix it. There were obviously some breakdowns Saturday. And, they're, they're, you know, there could be a lot of finger pointing to go around. But at this point, they're trying to just solve the problems. So let's get once again, I said, let's give them a benefit of the doubt. Let's let them work on solving these issues. And let's see what how it goes Saturday. And hopefully things I think will go a little bit smoother from the uh, water issue. You are allowed to bring in two bottles of unopened water this Saturday. There will be. According to JJ, more water available, more stations. Yeah. So now I pushed for the two unopened uh, cans of Bud Light. Uh, that's still being talked about; hasn't been approved yet, Clip. But this is what I'm doing for the fans. Sounds like the uh, Boneyard issue. They're putting in some policy there. Uh, the ticket issue, not ideal with the scanners. They're going to have new scanners here. That'll be after the first four home games of the season. Yeah. Although like. I, I will say you probably get in quicker without the scanners. Just show your ticket and keep moving. And if you don't have a ticket, you might can get in too. Well, you know, not encouraging that. No, nah, but take a shot. That sounds like <laughs> what they're doing. So uh, I guess new scanners coming in uh, in October for the yeah. final three home games. Yeah. And then they're, what, they're addressing the, um, what was it, the parking you know and that is a problem hey if you've paid for a parking spot yeah and someone's in your parking spot that's a big problem and you got nowhere to go so i mean i get it you know and they, as he said they had to tow over 100 cars people in the wrong spots and no stuff. i mean there's, there's yeah. both sides. i mean people are rightfully upset i mean martin it was like a safety issue but at the same time jj john gilbert his staff they're seeing all this trying to fix this uh, yeah. working as hard as they can to do so and uh Hopefully, week two, some of those things will be ironed out. Yeah. And look, it's a 51,000 people in one small area is a lot to manage. And I'm not making no excuses. No I'm doubt. just saying, 
you know, we look, we had close to uh, like around. But that's what we wanted to be. A thousand people at the state theater, and it was like overwhelming. That's what Mike Houston yeah, so. wants it to be. Correct. And if it's yeah. going to be that way, you got to figure out. Correct. You got to be able to manage work. that type of event. And it does take personnel, and they're going to have to get creative and uh, maybe pay more commissions and then things like that to get people to work. But, um, you know, at least they are addressing these issues, and hopefully they've got a few days here to kind of put the final plan into effect and see what happens. All right. uh, Bryce Williams is here. We will go back on the field and uh, talk about what happened. East Carolina, NC State, look ahead to Old Dominion. Troy D., uh, thanks for hanging out. Good seeing you. And uh, we'll talk talk to you on Thursday. Yep, see you then. We'll see you then. All right, let's uh, get a break in. We'll come back. Hour 3, Pirate Radio Live. Former Pirate tight end Bryce Williams joins us. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles? Tighten and lift your skin. Smooth your skin texture. Erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair. Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar, Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations are available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. All righty, back with you. Pirate Radio Live, hour number three here on a Tuesday. Clip Rock, Shirley Rhodes, Chandler Honeycutt. Can you uh, hit the music real quick, Shirley? I saw the light. I was baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again. I'm a brand new man. Williams is here, former ECU tight end, Slim 80, as they called him. And Bryce, uh, man, tough one on Saturday. Tell you what. Tough one on Saturday. That'll tear a man down. <laughs> I tell you what. The toughest cowboy could be brought down by a game like that. On a high on your horse, and then you're on your pony. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, and, and back and forth, up early, got down 14. Mm. Second half defense pitches a shutout. Mm. Aylers in the passing game gets cooking, and it comes down to a kick. Goodness gracious, that's a tough one. Yeah, that um, the missed PAT that obviously uh, you know should obviously never happen. I saw like one replay where obviously the laces were in, but regardless, it's like yeah, it's a PAT. I think it's twenty twenty five yards. I think is how long a PAT is. So shanked it left. Say like, all right. <sighs> Now you have a situation which I've talked to people. It's like it's a tense one, but it's like a dream situation oh, yeah. for a kicker. I mean, like that's your stardom. Like he had stardom just hand, right there on the platter. You know, you're kicking into the boneyard. Was a nine seconds ranked NC State packed house. You know, it's 42 yards, so a respectable distance. But then again, not like insanely crazy. It wasn't like He's a Hail Mary. longer one. Yeah, it wasn't a hell Mary. I mean, you're at home. You can redeem yourself from the missed PAT. And she goes right. Yeah. That, uh, Overcompensating for the one you hooked. 
You push yeah. this one to the right. Yeah, so it's tough. I mean, I, like I said, I mean, yeah, that was great. He had a game winner last year and stuff, but I was like, man, if I was the kicker, I feel like I, I mean, I don't know what his mindset is. I haven't really ever talked to him, but it's like, I would always be preparing in practice. I wouldn't just like just kick balls blank mind you know just kind of just go through the motions i know like but you, can you prepare for that though i well me per i mean you would think i would always kind of have that mindset put myself in hypothetical situations and practice like mentally like okay it, you know just situational get your mind right for something like that um and maybe he does i don't know i'm just yeah. saying like I would be constantly in, in practice putting myself in a mental mental state of something like that. Yeah. You know, game winner, you know, all this stuff. Um, I mean, obviously, he's a good kicker. It's definitely a shame he missed it because, I mean, <laughs> he could have just been uh, – that could have – then he's got plenty of more, you know, plenty yeah. of uh, more games to obviously do. But great, not that one thing. particular game. <laughs> yeah, that that's a tough one. Yeah. Um, you know, just being what it was, being the situation it was, the team it was, um, he could have done something big there. Um, it definitely is a big bummer. But now, is your voice gone from screaming at the TV, or is that unrelated? Probably, yeah, probably a little bit of both. A little bit random, of both. and then obviously the game, because obviously there was some uh, big high emotions, anger, happiness, whirlwind, and all that. Oh yeah, uh, Josh brings up Ben Hartman, who. Uh, I saw Dakota Marshall during the fifth quarter during a break riding his car outside and kind of just said, I said, Dakota, did you play when Ben Mar- uh, Ben Hartman was here? And he was like, yep. Yeah, and he just kind of – Yeah, which is a shame. I mean uh, – Now, I, Ben Hartman won the Carolina game yeah. and the Hawaii Bowl. Oh, yeah, so he's done some big things. I and mean, also lost a couple. Yeah. So, like, it's yeah. give and take. Now we yeah. have Daffer who hit a bomb to beat Navy last yeah. year and is the, the GOAT this weekend. But – it happens, like you said. He's yeah. going to get more shots. They're going to need him at some point this oh, year. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's the good thing is, just like obviously, yeah, that would have been a great one, great uh, notch for him to put on his belt. Um, but as long as he doesn't let that affect him the rest of the season, then there, you know, that'll be good. Well, let's play the hindsight game. Should it even come to that? Did East Carolina go too conservative <laughs> late in the game? And not get down the field quicker, not try to score a touchdown. I said at the time, do what they did. I, yeah, I, I yeah, thought I it was okay. Yeah. Others here, Weaver, Shirley, they were like, "Go! What are you doing? Let's get close. Let's go for a touchdown." So I see both sides of it. Right. Looking back, well, yeah, you'd like to have gone for the score, uh, but they did get conservative down the stretch, setting up Owen Daffer yeah. for a field goal and uh, one that he missed. Oh, most definitely. And like I said, I think the situation, like they did everything um, just fine there. You know, you obviously can't talk about the, you know, if this wouldn't happened in the block punt. Yeah. Anyways, the situation was a situation. Oh, I'm just talking about there at the very right, end. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think they did just right. I mean, they got a kicker they have confidence in. Set them up. Let's go for this. Bam. You know, nine seconds left. It's pretty rare. You know, obviously they can time it up to snap at the last minute. Yeah. I mean, I think they did everything right. Um, you know, it just came down to execution. Now. And let's hit on some good. We used to do the good, the bad, and the ugly with Stephen uh, Igo. We can, let's do that with Bryce Williams. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's. Okay, so first is the good category, shutting out NC State in the second half, oh, yeah. and two goal line stands. One that ends on a turnover, and one that ends on 
one of the best defensive plays in ECU football history, stopping them at the one, driving the running back back to the 20, and you got Pirates celebrating on midfield. What a scene. That was making a statement. That's probably one reason my voice is gone, was that play. Because, I mean, it was, yeah. Were you at the game? No. no, Oh, okay. I watched it. I I watched it. And uh, goodness gracious, when they made – Made that stop. I mean, that was making a statement. Made you proud sure. to be a pirate, right? See, dang right. So we were some hard, hard boys out there, and that was super exciting. And then everything the drive after that yeah. was, I mean, was great. And um, I mean, it, they definitely played well, especially the second half was uh, impressive. I, I don't know if this is like talking about out of both sides of my mouth, but I'm for good. I'm going to say Holt Nailers in the passing game doing what they were able to do without a run game at all. Yeah. Usually when you can't run, it leads to complete disaster. Yeah. Holton threw his two picks early. We'll talk about those in the yeah. bad category. But for East Carolina to move the ball the way they did, despite not being able to run the ball mm-hmm. against a really good defense, I thought that was pretty impressive. And there's some bad on the drop side of things, but mm-hmm. Winstead, Johnson, uh, Jalen Johnson, bouncing back after drops. Yeah. I, I was impressed with the offense. Gave me a lot of optimism moving forward. Yeah, most definitely. I think I was texting you earlier in the game, like, what the heck, you know, number 11 Winston, I think it dropped like two passes yeah. that were big, I think conversion plays, and I'm like, are you kidding, what's going on, holding with two interceptions, I'm like, dude, what are we doing, like, we are shooting ourselves in the foot, and then obviously the block punt for a touch, you're like, all right, like, are we just going to give this game away, um, and I guess since it was early, maybe it was some a little bit of nerves, and yeah. just kind of settle in, get back in it, um, and I think we did, you know, settle in, because when Winstead, um, you know, did it, make it some big catches, and, you know, the offense looked a lot better than they did in the beginning. All right, other goods, um, I'll say this, one of the, uh, Jeff Charles said the coaches had two concerns going into the game. One was being able to block NC State up front and run the football. Well, that concern came to fruition, and they couldn't really do that. The other was East Carolina's DBs against – don't watch that, Bryce. (laughs) How do you pause this video? I don't want to see this video again. Me either. All right. Uh, (laughs) Another one of their concerns was – ECU's DBs against state's wide receivers because they said Devin Leary likes to throw deep, likes to go downfield, going to take some shots. And I thought, you know, we won that battle for the most part uh, on the day. So our our DBs, and this was a big test for them, and uh, I thought our our DBs passed the test on Saturday. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, and early on, I guess it was Thayer or whatever, number five. Yeah, he's um, tough. He's he tough to tough. guard. Those guys, right there, like those type of players, like you know something spectacular. going to make a big play when it matters. Yeah, um, third down, yes. go to him. Yeah. yeah, so, of course, that's nerve-wracking. But, yeah, I think we definitely did a you know really good job there. And we you know started putting pressure on the quarterback and, you know, you saw he came. I feel like we, you know, obviously with the pressure, it kind of got him shook up a little bit, I think, because he didn't have his accurate passes. And I think we had a few, uh, like, break up. I'm trying to remember all the plays, but um, I was impressed definitely with the secondary. All right, one more positive. Hadn't been brought up a ton, but because the special teams was outplayed so much in a lot of areas. But Demel Hick, yeah. uh, Hickman on punt returns, um, or excuse me, Malik Fleming, the other DB cornerback, mm-hmm. on punt returns, Four for 29, average of seven, long was yeah. 10, but never did anything negative and was yeah. able to to get the ball up the field mm-hmm. and, most importantly, do it safely, not losing yeah. the football. I thought he looked pretty good back there. And if you can average, you know, if you can get 
10 a, yeah, a punt no, return um, that's that's good yeah when we you know when i was playing um coach Dodd always mentioned you know if, if we can get you know a first down which is you know 10 yeah. yards on a um you know punt return you know that's definitely a plus um so yeah him able to you know average you know seven um is obviously pretty good because everybody wants the home run the 20 yards sure. you know just that but yeah i mean if you're gaining yards like getting that first down like i mentioned um that's definitely you know some productivity there all right, uh, I'm sure there's more good we'll go back to, but uh, let's get to the. Good. Oh, what's your good? Shane scored and number eighty tight end scored in the game. By the way, not so slim eighty. Yeah, Shane Calhoun. So, so I did obviously reference that. So I was like, I think I might have texted you. You that. did. You were fired uh, up to see yeah, eighty so that in there. Was cool. And of course, those are the great, you know, the wonderful tight end plays well, where he was just wide open. That reminds me of another good, and that's uh, distribution. How are how's one ball going to go around to all these guys. Mm-hmm. Six for Johnson, six for Winstead, two for Jalen Johnson, one for Kerry King. That's your wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, three for 37, and it all came on one big 37-yard catch. Yeah. And then Rajay had one catch for eight yards. That's your running backs. Yeah. Four for 22 for Ryan Jones. Yeah. That number's going to be bigger, I think, oh, moving yeah. forward. Shane Calhoun, two for nine and a touchdown. Yeah. So there you go, Bryce. You've got what five receivers, two tight ends, two running backs. That's spreading it around. I, sure. I think that's a positive, right? Mo- yeah, most definitely. When we have those, you know, type of offensive, able to spread our offense through uh, three different position groups with effective, you know, yards and catches. Um, you know, that's definitely gonna help us out. Um, you know, everybody start. You know, and it obviously gives the coaches more options to not only solely rely on one position group and oh, we only got to really call these plays yeah. for you know the receivers or only the tight ends are doing this, or we only got to resort to swing passes to the running backs because everybody else isn't performing. Be able to move it around like that is great. You know what else this is good for? Uh, opposing defensive coordinators seeing this and oh, being yeah. like, well, we can't really key in on anything. Right. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And if they try to, they're going to get yeah. burned elsewhere. Yeah. Ryan Jones was limping around in the first half but kind of gutted through mm-hmm. it, played the whole game. Uh, we talked to him yesterday, says he's he's all right, just one of those football deals, and, yeah. and he'll be okay. But I think he's got bigger days ahead. And, again, good to see uh, Shane Calhoun hit pay dirt. Mm-hmm. All right, any other goods? Um, think one, let I me think, know. Yeah, defense is uh, – Bads. Um, you want to go bad? Uh, Man, that block punt was, was bad. That was, <laughs> that was disgusting. <laughs> That was terrible. Of course, I was like, what the heck are we doing? That? And it would have got blocked if it wasn't the rugby style, but maybe. So there was a missed they... block that Mike Houston pointed out. And right after he said that, he said yeah. Luke should have gotten it off anyway. He yeah. took too much time. Yeah, that's, you know, obviously both things for sure. Yeah. So that was uh, that was pretty, because obviously the percentage typically here, if a you know, team blocks, if, even if they block a punt, the percentage of the you know punting team losing is up but then you block it and and get the get a score you're like okay like that's not good at all so that was very frustrating to know um and i'm pessimistic football watcher as it is i if i didn't have to do the fifth quarter might have cut the game off right there i said well that's game yeah i'm like (laughs) they're not catching up with it you know no because it was what was it two picks then the block punt yeah i think it was seven to seven at the time and that made it 14 to seven if i'm not mistaken and the momentum shift and you're like goodness gracious but then you obviously settle in you're like okay we got a lot of game left you know unfortunately i want to talk about momentum killers let's go back to good real quick the defense several times after a pick after a three and out 
coming right out of halftime when state could have really taken control yeah got a three and out they were yeah. rally momentum oh, killers goodness, all day yeah. that was huge yeah it, that was exciting to see the defense play like that and you know it reminded me of our defense i mean how much energy the guys had i mean always i mean flying around the ball multiple guys in on tackles um and it's funny that when you have when you know the players going down and you still got guys you know, Pirates going after the uh, guy holding the ball is just great. Like, Were you nervous when that guy was backpedaling 10, 15, 20, and guys were still going at him that they were going to throw a flag? Oh, yeah. I yeah, was, I know. I was too. It was like a feeding frenzy. That was great. Thank you for not throwing that flag there. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I, I guess a good I, – I feel like the rest were pretty fair. Am I – crazy on that i don't remember them being too picky on they picked up a late hit yeah and the ref said and it was kind of borderline yeah but 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 the ref lied to me and everybody in america yeah. that was watching when he said the hit started in bounds uh-huh. and it didn't he had stepped out of bounds and then there was a hit but it was very okay. i might have missed that one um well maybe our offense was just playing smart like i don't i think they mentioned like we only had like when they called a penalty, it's like our first one or two or penalties in the crazy. whole game. Yeah, so that's big. That's yeah. going to help us, you know. And then we take, don't turn the ball over. I mean, that's that's good smart football there. There was also a time where State uh, looked like they had a first down. The official uh, grabbed the ball, put it back a yard, and then measured, and they were short. Oh yeah. So it's not like every call went against us. That was right. pretty fun to watch yeah. that happen. Yeah, but that uh, was just one thing I noticed. Uh, bad. It couldn't get a run game going. Yeah. Kind of as yeah. to be expected. You did have one Keaton run where you oohed and odd because he hit the L1 on his controller. Oh, yeah. Was that guy uh, towards the yeah, goal Towards line. our own end Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was impressive. And then Rajay. Poor Rajay, 1.9 a carry, had a seven-yard run and got up pumping his fist like, crazy. finally, yeah. I got a run over two yards. Yeah. And it just it just couldn't get going. Yeah. And and guess what? Uh, it will get going probably this week, definitely yeah. against Campbell. It'll get going against the Navy. Like, I think the run game will eventually click. Yeah. NC State's going to stop a lot of people on the, on mm-hmm. the ground. So. Yeah. Uh, bad early drops, I will say. Yeah. Credit to state defenders making point of you know impact yeah. right when that. Oh, but yeah. you got to bring those in. Oh, for sure. You uh, Winstead had a, a couple. Uh, Jalen Johnson, I think, as well. So that you can put that on the bad category. Mm-hmm. Um, another good, and it surprised me because all I remember, Bryce, is state converting big third downs because yeah. they had like a third and fifteen, a third yeah. and twelve. ECU on the yeah. day, four out of thirteen defensively. State was four out of thirteen converting. Yeah. That's a good number for your defense. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like the ones they did get were bigger. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That so. would be one thing. And I guess and then a, a bad I thought about it. I feel like our KOR was we didn't Oh, get, good one. No, you're was, right. That was not very disappointing. Yeah, very I was like, goodness gracious. I mean, we're getting tackled behind the twenty. Uh so that was frustrating. Especially um, for me, a guy that's been uh, hyping that up for that to happen. Yeah. That's really uh, yes, that the KR egg was on little, my face. Yeah, that was uh <laughs> rough to watch as well. So hopefully that gets picked up. Yeah, kickoff returns bad, punt block was awful. Yeah. Uh and then the missed field goal is awful. So special teams uh did not grade out well. Yeah on uh on saturday yeah so there you go the other category was ugly i don't even remember i guess ugly was ugly. the fan experiences we heard about yeah that was not very thank, good thanks for filling me in because i was not sure what was going on. if you really want to be filled in just listen to hour two of today's show uh-huh. uh credit to jj mcclam he sat in that chair took questions took calls 
and uh, answer them to the best of his ability. But really, it's all about can they implement these changes that these fixes they want to make, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll find that out this Saturday. All right, uh, so there's your state recap. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Uh, I want to hear some Mike Houston comments and also uh, look ahead at Old Dominion. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors as well. A lot more to go with Slim 80 Bryce Williams when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Welcome back into the program. <laughs> I saw it too. I hope uh, somebody get that guy on YouTube of Bill's hot dog before. For God's sake. Jesus. All the man wants is a Bill's hot dog. Where's Bill's hot dog? <laughs> Sorry. All right, moving on. Clip Brock, Shirley Rhodes, the man of Chan, uh, AC Schaefer's here as well, and Bryce Williams, Slim 80. Bryce, best thing that happened for the Pirates as far as week two goes happened on Friday night. Do you know what that is? I'm not talking about Uncle Cracker. I do not. I'm talking about Old Dominion beating Virginia Tech Mm. and partying on the midfield all night long. Huge win for them. Massive letdown opportunity coming up for them. Also, not that ECU needs to have their, you know, needed to have extra focus on them coming off a loss like that, that they're going to be focused. But that, you know, 1 0 Old Dominion, a win over Virginia Tech, Mm -hmm. a lot more, a lot easier to take them serious than 0 1 Old Dominion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, most definitely. We just not look past anybody. We've learned where that can uh, bite us in the tail when we kind of overlook you know overlook opponents and you know get some close calls like we had last year um but yeah i think we definitely bounce back you know i guess it's showing oh do you know do you um is a respectable um you know team this year would be in the you know big team like virginia tech so you know if we can you know play how we did as far as penalty free to the most part yeah uh maybe plays you know protect the football um yeah, I think we'll be all right and just continue to do our thing. Yeah, forgot to – we kind of brought it up, but the uh, Holt Naylor's interceptions go in the bad category, and he yeah. said yesterday two bad throws, one of them uh, on the sideline there yeah. and just didn't give his receiver the best chance to make the play. The other one he sailed. In fact, he said he, he was kind of reluctant. He said he should have ran mm-hmm. on that play. It was a third down, and I, I believe it was Winstead. It was a, it, somebody was wide open and just missed him high. After that, Ehlers was really good. So yeah, uh, he's it's said, always nice. I'm oh, sorry, to cut you good. off there, but uh, 
It is nice when he does, is decisive on running yeah. the ball. I mean, it, I mean, I just looking back. I mean, he's very effective when he when he just says, "All right, I'm off. I'm running." Um, you know, he can make things happen. So if he can, hopefully, he just continues to do that. And I mean, obviously, I know you can't make the right decision all the time, but uh, definitely deciding to say, "All right, I'm gonna run instead of trying to force a pass." You know, I think would be a great thing. Five for fifty-seven. Ayler's running the ball. Take away his long of twenty. You still got four for 37, almost averaging 10 a pop. Yeah. And very decisive. Uh, I don't know. I can't recall. So I, I was calling quarterback draw on that last play that they ran before the kick. That was designed. I don't remember if the others were designed or not. Maybe y'all can mm-hmm. help me out. But you don't want him to be the leading rusher when you have Mitchell and Harris in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. But you do want him to have that ability and an option to run, and uh, he did a good job of it yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, and, uh, um, like I said, he's always been – when he decides to run – Typically, you know, it's for, you know, at least a first down. You know, I don't know how many, can't say how many yards it'll be, but at least for a first down, you know, he's obviously a big guy. Um, I did see how he does have a little bit of a, you know, a juke here and there. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, obviously has the agility, and um, I don't know what his 40 is, but he always seems to, you know, be able to break uh, break some out and, you know, outrun some linebackers and things like that. So, um I enjoy you know watching him when he runs because obviously he uh, he doesn't like to slide which is fine you know he likes to bring the shoulder so uh, that's always cool. Well, you know what they that mean they they call that Bryce that is deceptive speed. Yes, that's what announcers call white players. Yeah, deceptive. Black <laughs> players are athletic and white <laughs> players are gritty. I don't know when that began or started, yeah. uh, but that is in the it's actually in the broadcaster's manual. You have to say those words yeah. jim rat gritty bryce you had deceptive speed De- yeah deceptive yeah gritty <laughs> and deceptive there you go uh did you see bryce uh, we'll get your prediction we'll we'll wrap up the show with uh more ecu old dominion did you see north carolina and app state uh do you know what happened in that game um i remember seeing a, a lot of points being scored i don't remember the specifics a of lot it. of points you a, say a lot of points uh being scored i think there was a big drop pass for something that's about you know i think you're talking about the two-point conversion to potentially win it mm-hmm. and it would it the it was more of a bad throw but then again i think the receiver had got into a back pedal uh, rather than a run oh, type thing so yeah. bryce do you want to take a hack at how many points app state scored in the fourth quarter just along? in the fourth quarter just in the fourth quarter. I think I've heard it's like 40-something. 40, 40 points. In the in the fourth quarter. That's crazy. 40 another, points. Another crazy stat from that game, I think App State went like 36 minutes without scoring. Jeez. Is that because they scored seven in the second and were shut out of the third and then got going in the fourth and it was, uh, it was on at that point. Mm-mm-mm. North Carolina gives up 40 and a quarter and still wins. That's because they scored 22 Jeez. in the fourth quarter. Just, I've been seeing a lot of praise about the uh, the onside kick return for a touchdown. That almost came to bite Carolina in the tail. Nobody should praise anybody for that. The praise you're seeing, I got a bone to pick with you, by the way. The, <laughs> the praise you're seeing is for all the blocks, the right? Three, yeah, the, the three blocks. blocks. Yeah. yeah. The guy returning for a touchdown was idiotic. You take a knee there. No, the I remember you over. saying that on, on the fifth quarter. Show. And what happened? Oh. App State went down in like two plays and scored a touchdown. It yep. was it was stupid. Oh, it was. From, uh, I got a bone to pick with you though. Okay. And we didn't talk about it on the air. I'll give you credit for that. But you did talk about it off the air. You know the Boutte receiver kid from LSU. 
mm-hmm. and you said he had entered the transfer portal i said he was about to i did not say he was in the transfer portal he was about to has he yet no he's back with the team all right why was he gonna do that i i i don't know i didn't <laughs> you didn't talk to him there was like there was like three players uh on lsu's team that went on social media yeah they did what owen daffer should do they scrubbed their um social medias yeah. because fans are you know all in their ear. nuts yeah. but there was a fake brett mcmurphy tweet about Butte entering the portal and i didn't know if you had been gotten on that no all right you were just talking, i never mentioned you that were talking he had to your definitely, own sources yes okay all right okay is there anything else you got to pick with me no man you're good all right my guy my guy <laughs> my guy Shirley. my guy my guy my guy. My guy. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. <laughs> I like when Roger Harris says my guy to me a lot. Oh, my guy. And I like it. My guy. <laughs> my guy. Right. Dream come true, my guy. <laughs> All right. We got to take another break, and then we'll do Pirate Radio Outdoors, and then we will get Bryce's prediction. Bryce, you probably weren't even thinking about this, or maybe you were. Maybe I'm not giving you enough credit. Uh, you, do you remember your prediction from last week? I thought about it. It if, was close. It was like 20 If ECU would have scored a touchdown, they probably, so let's say they score a touchdown instead of try for the field goal. Mm-hmm. They probably go for two there to get to 28, and the final would have been 28 to 21. Your prediction was 28 to 20. Jeez. That close, bro. I was that close to just... Wild. But instead, guess what? You were wrong. I was wrong. Well, you were wrong. Tell me how it is. We will get another prediction from Bryce. And uh he was close on the first one. We'll see what he can do on the second one. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. At Angel Oak, they continue to make customer service the number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offering of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans as something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip. Alrighty, back with you here, Pirate Radio Live. Pre-game coverage begins Saturday, 2 p.m. on the Bud Light pre-game tailgate. We're with you after the game on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. Bryce Williams joining us. We talked ECU NC State. We'll talk ECU uh, ODU score prediction later, but let's go Pirate Radio Outdoors real quick. I showed you a video earlier, Bryce, of a gentleman sitting on, like, is he outside his house? or It is looks he in like the... he's chilling on his patio. Yeah. yeah, it's like a patio. He's got a gun in his hand. He gets off the patio, shoots a dove. A, a dove, okay. And then... Catch it. I mean, that's very impressive. I mean, the shoots and he has a video on, like, 
He's got like a video set up behind him. Yeah. It looks fake. It's so cool. Yeah. So you're saying you're going to say this is real? I, I'm going to go ahead and say it's real. Right. I, I would think so. The catch is beautiful. Catches it out of the sky. Crazy stuff. All right. Uh, Bryce, hunting, fishing. What you been up to since uh, we last talked? I, I actually was able to do both. We sporadically on um, Saturday, um, we we're sitting after the game and hanging out. And we're like, well, I dang sure don't feel like sitting around. Um, so we went bull drum fishing. It wasn't as exhilarating. It was still a good night, but we ended, I ended up um, catching a, a big bull drum. He was probably probably 40 to low 40s as far as length. Um, so I was able to catch him. I think I posted. I finally posted like all my bull drum pictures. Um, bull yeah, drum. That's pictures. a big big fella. Yeah, so pretty. Yeah, pretty fish. Oh yeah, they're. Um, they're very pretty. They're, they're neat, neat, neat old fish. So I was able to, you know, get in the water on Saturday and, uh, you know, catch some, catch a drum. And then yeah, I haven't been dove hunting forever because normally I'm at the beach because, you know, it opens up that Labor Day weekend. And uh, I was like, well, she's, let me just try to slip in the woods, slip in the, I guess not the woods, but the cornfield on Monday at my buddy's place, uh, or a buddy my buddy has permission at. Um, and dove hunt. I was able to get some shots off. Unfortunately, I haven't. I mean, I haven't dove hunted in probably six. I mean, five, five years, six years. I think I had long hair last time I dove hunted, mm. so it's been a while. Um, been a while. And uh, I forgot how like fast the dove are. So timing's I, off. It's like a new oh, receiver and a quarterback. You gotta get that timing back. Oh, it was. So I was. Uh, I got. I was out there too long, but I was over six. Oof. Skunked. So I got skunked. I was like, son of a gun. Them boogers are fast as crap. So, um, but Look, I wasn't. Animals like, evolve just like humans do. They true. might have gotten faster since last time Dude, you were that, there. Probably so. <laughs> Something in the corn. But, uh, yeah, so but it was good to, you know, get some shots off and attempt to try and hit a dove. So I was able to be in the uh, woods and the water. So that was a good weekend. Bryce Williams joining us. Bryce, you've done so much in the water and, and hunting it. What's that white well? What's the one that, that you haven't got that you want to get? And hunting? Oh, gosh. What's, what's what's evading you that would really cap off your collection and that one notch on your belt as a professional I, hunter? Hunting would probably be, you know, obviously probably like along the lines of like a an elk or a mule deer, I think, would be on the hunting. Would you hunting be able to world. get one of those that where you hunt is it possible or would you have to go uh, elsewhere yeah, i'd have to go elsewhere for yeah. that um so that's probably in the hunting realm okay um i'm pretty happy what's going on so far as far as north carolina hunting um i would like to shoot a few more ducks but nothing like specifically okay um and in the fishing world i've always wanted to i've yet to catch you know like a big bull dolphin big like bull mahi mahi mm. i've called you know i've caught them I just haven't caught like that big bull. I mean, the ones where his head is just like <laughs> that, and uh, that would be a goal. But I think that what is that like? Far is that deep? That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. Um, offshore. Offshore. So, unfortunately, that time has passed. Now we're into king wahoo fishing. Gotcha. To the best of my knowledge. So. All right, yeah. Bryce Williams. Anything uh, planned? You you're, you got you're watching the so, game Saturday night. You already yeah. got that planned. Any yeah, fishing, so, hunting plan? Uh, I'm gonna try and be out in the water, but we're come. Um, We've got a you know the wedding 
Thursday and Friday. So early congratulations to Chelsea and Jordan. And you know what? I'm going to give them a shout out too yeah. for having the wedding on Friday yeah, and not awful. Saturday. I know. You know what? Good call. I didn't think about. It. They may have done that just for that reason. I, I, I like to think they did. I think they did. So it's going to be a heck of a weekend. He's celebrating Jordan and Chelsea's wedding. See the family. Oh, and my brother and um, his wife are set to have a baby this week weekend. So I could have wedding, new birth, man, EC football with a win. See the family, and then maybe who knows? I'll slip in the woods. So I mean, you never know. This could be an all-time weekend this could for be you, a great Weekend. All right. You're yeah. gonna be uh, what uncle? Was you say? Uh, well, I'm already uncle, but I'll be an uncle to my older brother right. and his uh, wife's kids. So there you go. We don't know what it is yet either. So they're doing the whole secret. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Shirley, take us to break. We'll come back. We'll get Bryce's prediction for East Carolina and Old Dominion when we return after this. <laughs> Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Let's take a look at your stock market report for today. It was a rough day. The Dow dropped 173 points, closed at 31,145. NASDAQ was down 85 at 11,544 and the S&P was also down 16 points at 3,908. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, question for you and uh, let's welcome into the show Ryan Malley. Uh Owner wings over Greenville here. Hello, Ron. What's up, Clip? Long time no chat, man. Long time. You used yeah. to do fantasy drafts fantasy here. Fantasy football Wednesdays. Yeah. Talk about the Patriots and all kinds of stuff. And uh, now what do you do? You, you're like a grown man with kids. Got three stores now. So Chapel Hill, Raleigh, and, and, and a Greenville. child. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I got three stores. Let me check with my wife and see if she's still I thought still he was around. about to say three yeah, kids. Yeah, I, I was like, holy cow, that was a big turnaround. She was, she was alive when I left the house this afternoon. So, Chandler, I'll ask you first. Would you own a uh, framed panoramic of your favorite team in a game that they lost? Oh, I saw that today. No. It's tough, right? Yeah. Uh, I couldn't look at that and then think It is available, the panoramic uh, uh, picture of ECUNC State. Beautiful picture. God, it's a beautiful yeah. picture. Stripe out. But when you it, look at it, you're going to be thinking about It's from losing. the top of the upper deck, yeah. too. Um, I don't know. I like it, but I don't – I mean, I own two uh, Washington ones, their first touchdown in that beautiful stadium they play in, FedEx Field, mm. and also a Monday night game against the Cowboys, which I was at. And I can barely look at those things. And they won those games. But this, I don't know, man. It's tough. Mm. What do you think, Bryce? No. 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 Can't do it. Right. I hope they don't print too many copies of that. There's gotta, <laughs> there's gotta be plenty of pretty pictures from Dowdy Ficklin. Like you can find a game they won. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know? Most recently, I mean you 
the 2016 ECU versus NC State. I know a lot of people still are buying that. But yeah. this one's just also, I mean, swallow. if if the picture isn't that great, put a filter on it. You know, you can do anything with printing yeah. now. Oh, you're just saying right, like you, take yeah. your own. You want a sunset on it? It was a noon game. <laughs> Throw it on there. <laughs> y'all, y'all see this hot girl I took to the game? Photoshop her in there. You're good to go. All right, uh, Ryan. Uh, cool deal you're doing. Uh, can we talk about it? Yeah, actually, it's uh, it's official now. All the guys uh, yeah. have signed for it. You got some offensive linemen hooked up uh, with the wings over uh, Greenville NIL deal. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we grabbed eleven of them. I took uh, took the depth chart that um, that Igo released on Hoist the Colors and and uh, contacted all those guys. Um, so yeah, so we got eleven guys we're we're feeding this year, and I love how you came in here reeling off stats about two penalties, no sacks. Like your bo- <laughs> your boys made you proud. Those are my guys. <laughs> your guys. Hey, we listened to the uh, I listened to the fifth quarter on the way home uh, on Saturday and didn't hear a word about the offensive line, which is which, <laughs> which is, is what crazy. you want to hear. I mean, if Holden yeah. stays clean. They got a good chance of winning. And guess what? If he did, he was about to call and defend his guys. Hey, lay off my guys. Yeah. My, my guys. guys. My guys. You'll buy wings over. Uh, what do you my think? <laughs> my guy. What do you think about uh, Mac Jones and the Pats this year? Playoffs? Yeah, if they get lucky. I mean, they'll, they'll be all right. The Bills are tough. You tired of Belichick yet? <sighs> he's got this weird offensive coordinator thing going. He's always doing something goofy. Yeah. You know? Who's who's playing? Who's calling the plays? Who's coaching? He's got some defensive guy running the offense, and his son over and, there. And there's like six guys on the staff who used to be there, and then were not good head coaches, and now they're yeah. Hey, be the assistant to the backup safeties. You heard it here first. Belichick overrated. Nah, I don't want to say that. No, I don't want to say that either. Uh you were up there. Anything wacky while you were there in New England? Mm-hmm. No, not too much. I mean. It was just ran like the Patriots, you know. Not too much uh, to a T. Not too much goofing off. Yeah, pretty serious. Yeah. Well, no time to goof off here, Bryce, because it's time for you to make your prediction for East Carolina Old Dominion. Yeah. What do you got for Saturday? Uh, well, of course, a pirate, pirate win. Um, no brainer there. You know, you, you filled me in on what the spread was. So uh, Twelve and a half at yeah. this moment. So that helped me out with my prediction. Um, you no know, Cliff's always got to give me that. So, I mean, I'm at. Pirates 33 and ODU 17. You know, right. defense is pretty, you know, playing stout. Gives a little, a little bit of credit to ODU. Yeah. Two touchdowns and a field goal. Um, and then us were. How's. You can do the math. How's the O line going to play? Hey, they're getting fed good now. <laughs> Nutritiously. Good, clean protein <laughs> or lean protein. Hey, you ate wings over Greenville when you played here, right? Look how good you turned yeah, exactly. out. So there you go. Ryan, good to see you, buddy. Thanks, Clip. All yeah. right. Check out the uh, garlic parm tater tots. Please do. Mm, uh, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Bryce, thanks for hanging out, buddy. Thank you for having me. See you next week. For Charlotte Rhodes, Chan Man, the crew here. We'll be back with you Wednesday, 3 o'clock, all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.